Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're back. It's the Academy Star Trek podcast. Yes, maybe a little later than normal, but who cares? Because because maybe it's going to be a double shot where we talk about both episodes four and five of the card because it was straight fire, baby. But I'm not alone here in the Academy. I'm joined by my man, the man who does the, who just got done doing the smack attack, and my guy, he watched some really shitty wrestling on Friday. Or some really shitty highlights on YouTube. <laughs> John Enright. And by the way, John, after watching episode four and five of Picard, Captain Shaw is now even more my fucking spirit animal. <laughs> yeah, I figured you would. I figured you would. Uh, I saw the dipshit from Chicago. Yeah, yeah, the dipshit from Chicago. Yeah. No, it, it was it definitely like, okay, so. Uh, if if Brittany comes on, she's finally caught up. So she's watched half the show, but she hasn't seen Picard yet. Uh, and so she burned through Picard. Wow. She got a Paramount Plus account, and then her dad was talking about it. So her and her dad are splitting the cost of a Paramount Plus account from this point forward. And so she burned through everything through her last night. She I had already seen it, but she's like, I was like, have you seen? Because we were so last night. I went. Uh, one of my my best friend Jessica. She mm-hmm. called me because she works around here, and she's like. Hey, I want to go drinking. I was like, okay. And it's like four o'clock. And I'm like, all right, well, let me go with her. You know, most of everybody's off work at the main building. I usually stay mm-hmm. about an hour later. So I'll just meet her. That's fine. And we'll, she'll get a beer. She wants a green beer and, and we'll go. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. The place we went to, they have flights for six bucks. So she got a flight of beers. She drank those. I got a, they have St. Arnold's root beer on tap, which is a local brewery. You know, and then they have mm-hmm. a root beer. And so I was like, okay, that's cool. And so then um, they they had an, a food truck on site where you could get um, Irish nachos, which is just oh, yeah. potatoes. They're just yeah. potatoes that are like thick spiral cut potatoes okay. with cheese and sour cream and jalapenos and <laughs> green onions. I'll like, say right. this. I'll say this. There's a there, there's a place up here in Utica called Swifties, mm. and you know, and it's an Irish and it's it's it's, it's it's a restaurant, but it's it is like an Irish flair to it. You know, it's, they got yeah. like Irish stuff in there because sure. there's a lot of Irish people in Utica, along with Italians and Bosnians. So, so you go to this place, they have Irish nachos, mm. but they're potato chips, and literally, it's like the most they have like cheese, yeah, sour cream. I mean, but it's like really, really good. So mm. these know. are pretty good, but they were like thick cut spiral. Like so, they weren't chips, right? Okay. So it was more like eating a fry okay, than it was okay. a chip, you know. I mean, because they were thick and they were, but they were more spirally. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, it, but it was it was it was not bad. And then I got some fried mozzarella just because I love fried mozzarella, fried cheese. Who steaks, doesn't like, love fried cheese? Well, and they but here's what they did, right? They took a mozzarella ball and just 
cut slices and then battered that and like fresh mozzarella and battered wow. that and fried it like that. So, oh my God, like a cheese bowl. And I got ranch to dip with that. So then we got that. And then she was like, I want another flight. I was like, okay. And <laughs> an Irish Jane, which is one of their cocktail drinks. So that was green. So we got, yeah. which some of the flights for some of the beers she picked were green and some weren't. She likes the blondes and stuff like that. Yeah. So, which the lady, she was asking the lady about the second flight, what do I like? She's like, oh, I like blondes. And I'm like, I like blondes too, but I don't drink. And so, the lady wasn't blonde, but we started laughing, and then uh, she said, so, so we got, she went and got another flight, and well, I got for her, she had a tab open, got another flight, mm-hmm. and the Irish Jane, brought that back, Man. and then, um, yeah, so then at that point, she was, she was celebrating, she was feeling good, and then she was she feeling like, good, yeah, so then she was like, uh, we were talking about Brittany, and she's like, you need to call Brittany, have her come over, I was like, okay, and so like, I texted her, she's like, hey, uh, Jessica wants you to come up here, and like, because I told Brittany I was there, yeah. and it worked out because, like, Brittany came up. Jessica was still drinking. She finished up her stuff. Brittany got a beer, a shot of beer, and then she went and got another beer. And Jessica's like, oh, she's like, I'll get you another one because Jessica's about to leave. And so she got another beer, and they drank. And at this point, Jessica was not at a place to drive. So I ended up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's ready to go home. So I ended up getting her keys, and I drive her home, and Brittany follows me back to Jessica's house and Jessica likes to partake in other activities. So, uh, so we're on her patio and she's, you know, having a good time. And then, uh, like it was hilarious. She's just so messed up. And then finally we, we get back and she calls her boyfriend and he comes over and then we leave and, uh, knowing that she's, I mean, her kid's there, but her kid doesn't like whatever. So an adult is there to help make sure she's okay. And so we leave and get home. And so it's like, I had to, we just came straight to the house because I hadn't been home all day. So my dogs had not been out since, you know, before nine o'clock. So they come home, we let them out and I feed them. They go back out and I was like, let's just watch Picard while you're here. So we watched the fifth episode of Picard. Yeah. So I watched it again last night and then she went home. Oh, well, then, then we went back to the... um Annabellum Ale House, and I got my truck. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, to get your vehicle. Yeah, and then, you know, and then I went home and she went home. So it was funny. That was so that was my Friday night. So talk about an adventure. Well, I, um, to speak on on my week, Tuesday, we had a big giant snowstorm here on Tuesday. And me being the dumbass that I am, I had to go to uh, Syracuse for a check in because. With being home, with being home from Rapenthe, they want me to check in every single week, which is basically pee in a cup, make sure you're not doing drugs, and a breath right. test, make sure that you haven't been, I don't know, drinking you know a shit ton of whiskey or anything else. So I said I was going to call on Tuesday morning. So I went to the local. Uh, a gas station to get some diesel to put on my truck. I'm driving back up, and mind you, I've driven on, I've driven these, these roads here near my house for years. I know mm-hmm. like the back of my hand, and it was snowing, and it was, and the roads were pretty shitty. So, and I didn't have my truck in four wheel drive like an idiot because I had a two wheel drive going down, and it was okay. I was like, ah, you know, I only have four wheel. Well, I fishtail lost control, and. Ended up ramming a road sign in a ditch and landed so hard on my truck that my rear, that my curtain airbags deployed. 
Yeah. What? Yeah, I was doing like 40 and like in the normal speed limit I rode was 55. I was doing 40 and real careful, but the truck she started to like sway and she was like walking. I tried to get her back and and then it just and then the momentum just was going right in towards and now where the ditch I went into, you know, the the, the ditch is a part of a property which is which is an American Legion. Mm. So and there's a tree in 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 the, in the front yard too near near the ditch. Okay, I was going right towards that tree. I was like, hit that tree head on or go into the ditch. Crank the wheel, went into the ditch. So and the and the ditch is the ditch is a deep ditch, so it's a little bit of a, so the truck jumped, boom, the airbags deployed. Now, I talked to a buddy of mine who had a Chevy whose side currents deployed. I was like, I was like, bro, how fast were you going when the, when the currents deployed? He goes, he goes, they're real sensitive. I was like, well, okay, how fast were you going when when you went into the ditch? He goes, I was doing like 70 in a 1500. <laughs> he goes, but they're real touchy. I'm like, what's too far? And then I told him, I was like, I don't know. I think I did a lot of damage to the bottom of my truck. And he goes to me, your truck? He goes, he goes, your truck is 2500 diesel, man. It's a heavy duty truck. Ain't nothing. You ain't going to do any damage to that, the bottom of that. So when, when the tow guy came and pulled it out, he pulled it out, and literally, all the wheels are straight as an arrow. And I was like, I was like, he looks, he goes, "There's no damage under this truck except for the airbags." Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I swear to God, man, I swear Dude. to God. So, so right now, it's over at the local body shop, and yeah, I think I might need a new front bumper, so I'm gonna try to order bumpers for it. But I want mm. painted. I want like color match bumpers for it. So right. Order a set of color match bumpers for it. Do that and kind of fix the alignment in the truck because the truck's probably out of the line. Right. Maybe see if there's any suspension parts need to be replaced. Have the obviously insurance is going to cover that and uh, right. And what else? Oh, and tires too. And get mm-hmm. brand new tires. The tires on them they were kind of were kind of bad. So, mm. but yeah. So so that was my so I just got freedom to start driving again and and then that happened. So mm. and then I had to ask for rides again. So. <laughs> Hooray for me! Yay! Yay! That's my week. Yay! That sounds like a fun week. I mean, oh, and then mm. and, and then on top of it, I had the owner, the owner of Immortal Championship Wrestling came to my house. We were talking and stuff. I guess uh, there's some drama between Ben Hamin and Kayla Spark. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying. Apparently, I saw that. Apparently. I think he posted that she blocked him on Twitter or something. Yeah, like she that. did. Listen. I, I I I know Kayla personally. Kayla's a I mean she's if you meet her, you'll you know she's the biggest sweetheart on the face of the earth. So I don't know what happened. I and because we all we all know how Hamin is. I mean is <laughs> but yeah. you know, listen you know <laughs> these these trolls, okay, it's really what it is, it's the trolls. It's the trolls, huh? The trolls. You just don't like it when mommy and daddy fight. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I actually, I have to call up the Ayatollah and ask what the hell happened. So, all right. Well, we'll, we'll because, be waiting with bated breath the next step yeah, Academy episode. Be like, shut up, infidel moron! I'm not telling you anything. Yeah. No. No. I was. We were. I, oh, was it? Yeah. Last. So last weekend, I was in. I was in Tyler oh, at my parents' house. Hold on. Hold on. By, by the way. You blocked everybody at Hamid Media Group. She didn't block me, obviously. Did she? I, oh, did, I don't even know if she blocked. I don't. <laughs> Everyone's like, she's even all blocked us on Hamid Media. I was like, 
She didn't block me. Well, okay, well, I'm not going to Twitter to see, uh, like... Actually, on tw- I wasn't following her on Twitter. I thought I was following her on Twitter, but I wasn't. Okay. So then I followed her, and I, don't know, I guess I, I guess I'm good. Uh, if you look at my Twitter profile picture, it's me and the horseman, so... Uh, Sparks. That's Sparks 247. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not following her, so I'm not blocked, technically. You're not blocked, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure if I follow her. No, actually, I followed her, and I'm not blocked. She she wouldn't block me. Okay. If she blocked me, I'd be like, Kayla, why the hell did you block me? I, I'd mess right. with her. Yeah. Yeah. So if she blocks me, then you can be like, like what the hell are you blocking my boy for? Well, why did you block my buddy Josh? Yeah. No, actually, I, I mean, Kayla, she came, and she did a uh, meet and greet at one of my stores, mm. you know, and just really, she really is a sweetheart, so. So guys, if you so guys here that listen to the show, guys, not me media group, don't go at her, you know, don't call because it, trust me, you know, mm. it's, you know, she's not that kind of person, you know, she's, mm. in all in all honesty, she's, she's she's very tough and she's very, you know, she's not she's not the one to like play the the pity card and the virtue signaling card, all that shit. She she doesn't do that. So mm. you know, if you follow her. On Facebook or anything else, she, she's extremely positive. Never post anything negative. So, so guys, just you know, it was probably something. Uh, who, who who knows? Who knows? But mm. once again, I don't I don't like it when mommy and daddy fight because I'm kind of put in the middle. So. <laughs> I was say you literally are like I literally real. I am in the middle. I'm I'm the main sponsor of Immortal and Kayla and and Hamina's the tag champs and Kayla's the woman's champ and Hameen does my social media. I'm good friends with Kayla. It's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, mighty. that'd be like, yeah, that would, yeah. Be, you're like, you're literally right there. I, I'm yeah, trying to I think mean. like how that would like in my life, what would that be? It wouldn't be my mom and dad. Cause they, they're whatever. Um, who would that be like? Um, yeah, it's just, I'm like, damn, man. <laughs> Well, like, I guess I, Jessica, I, I guess Jessica and Brittany have just met. So, like, if Jessica and Brittany didn't like each fine, other, it'd be, it'd be like that. Yeah, yeah, it would be like that for me. But like, yeah, I'd be like, I, I don't like it. Why we yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, like I, I don't like I don't know. It's a uh, oh no, that's what it was. I was I was to to, to go back on to talk about Hameen. Uh Last week when I was in Tyler, I forget what happened. I was telling him about Hameen and like you know like his gimmick and. Like mm-hmm. he's you know he doesn't Arab give, but he's not Arabian at all. Like he just. But he's what are you talking about? Spirit. Of course he's Arabian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. House of Saad, baby. House of Saad. K Fave, got your K Fave up. Dude, this is we're we're in a Star Trek podcast. We're not. We're, I know. Yeah. yeah. So listen, so it's totally to totally to break K Fave, which yeah, I don't like doing. But you know, in all honesty, like at those immortal shows, Hameen is always the one coaching all the people, and hmm. Hameen has coached Kayla when Kayla did go to WWE. Mm-hmm. aw like what to do and everything else so yeah. i'm sure this is just a misunderstanding and yeah. i hope they t- and hopefully we can turn this into a pretty good storyline yeah. so it'll be know. good but yeah. no so so my mom and dad i'm talking to about him and like because we we're talking about something about how somebody is not was not something you mm-hmm. know like they're like you know they thought somebody was british and they weren't or you know something like that it's mm-hmm. like i was like oh yeah like there's a guy in wrestling that you know he runs our media group and i was like you know, he's, you know, he, he, this is his real name, but you know, this is what he does. And it's like for the last, like for the last like 10 years, he's been growing out his beard and he's been playing this air, you know, Arab gimmick mm-hmm. and you know, all this kind of stuff. And so he's to the point now he's got people paying him 
ten dollars for a five dollar face slap. <laughs> exactly. And so I showed them the YouTube videos of like I said, he's very intentional. Like he makes sure that they hand the money. They ask if this is what they want. They hand mm-hmm. the money to him, and then he does yala and he slaps them in the face, and yeah. they want you to get a wish. And I've so, experienced that twice. And, thank you. <laughs> and that's what I said. Like I was like. I said, I even want, it's like one of our guys, Big Ray, like he slapped the fire out of Big Ray. And like, yeah, at my shop. That was yeah, at my shop. Yeah, 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 I was like, because I, tri- I, I was talking about, yeah, I was like, at Triple D's shop. Like, yeah, you know, was, and like, that was, that was a fun day because how much of that fun. was like Ray selling, like overselling, like a Ray? Like a, no, there was no overselling. When Hamid slapped me, yeah, and I went down to the ground, there was no selling in that. <laughs> okay. Dude, yeah. I mean, it, it, if you meet him, he literally, his hand is like the size of a fucking frying pan. Oh no! I no, I've I, seen. He's massive. He's like, a massive, massive human being. Yeah. And the funniest thing, I I I love it during that slap because you hear Billy Ray, Billy Ray in the background. You're a mark. You're yeah, a mark. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Dude, I got like Billy Ray is one of the most, most. He was one of the most funniest guys. Him and Ray together were hilarious. Oh, when we were all hanging out, that was that was that was a good time. No, that that dude, was a really good time. I bet. So I was showing him like all the different face slaps that he's done of people who've paid. Like my dad's like, they're paying him money for this. Oh, like yeah. I was like, yeah. Like I said, he goes to these shows and they're not buying merch. They're not buying. They're paying to get fat <laughs> slapped in the face. And like like one guy wants to be taller. He's like. Wait, he's he's wanting to get slapped in the face so he can be taller. <laughs> and like like you know, my dad is like my dad has just gotten into wrestling and so he's like, trying to make sense of everything. Yeah, the characters, but sometimes like like I'm like I try to tell him, dad, wrestling isn't logical. You can't it's apply logic logical. to wrestling. It's it's entertainment. And he goes, I just don't get this, son. Like, I don't I just don't get it. Like, like I was like, Dad, you were cheering in a match where a guy pretended to be a lizard against another guy, like Lord Pinder from you know. Lucha Underground was at one of our shows, and okay. you were cheering for Lord Pinder. Like you were cheering for the guy that was wearing a lizard mask. A like, lizard mask. Like, come on, like Dad, you can't. He goes, "Yeah, that was different." I was like, "How's that different?" He goes, "Because they were doing it to each other. They weren't doing it to me, and I wasn't paying for it." I was like, "You paid for it. You got the tickets." So I said, "They threw, they threw Lord Pinder threw Gino in your chair." Like. You know, I mean, God. yeah, so like, so, so VIP, if you ever come down and we go to a VIP show, yeah. VIP wrestling does this deal where like you have front row, but then you can get VIP and you're inside the ring. So like you can get up and go touch the ring if you want to. Like nobody does because, you know, the, the, the ring is sacred. Mark don't touch the fucking ring. Right. Even, no, but, even me, when they had me go in the ring, I'm like, I don't want to go in the ring. I said, I don't yeah, belong in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, Hamid's like, no. You need to get the fuck in the ring because this is how we're going to do it. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, yeah. But, like, so, like, you're inside the railing on the entranceway to, so, like, you can slap hands with the wrestlers, like, with no impediment. Like, they can hug people. There's no, like, so they, it's the VIP section. We usually get that. And so we went, and it happened to be a weekend with, near my dad's birthday in September. So it was, like, September 7th, and his birthday's the 10th. So a lot of the guys I knew on the show, I was like, hey, it's my dad's birthday, his first wrestling show. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. So they like they so they Lou, the owner of the, of the company, he stopped and, t- and they, they did happy birthday to my dad. Oh, um, and then like one of the guys, his name's Will Alday. He's gonna be in the show about the Von Erics. He's gonna be playing Carrie Von Eric. Oh, okay. So if you if you watch that movie, uh that's my buddy Will Alday. Uh he's on the show, he's in a tag match, and he looks at my dad, he goes, Hey, Mr. Wright, happy birthday, and kicks the guy in the face. So, like, <laughs> you know, because we're right there, like we're right that's there, awesome, you man. know, and so 
Some other guys do some stuff, like, just to make my dad feel really good. But my dad doesn't get into it because, again, this is my dad and his mechanical brain and logic. Yeah, exactly. Brain. Yeah. The, how your dad the ring breaks. The board in the ring breaks. Like, because they have, like, instead of plywood, they have four by whatever, like, yeah, yeah, two by, yeah, yeah. you know, long, yeah. you know, then they do that. One of the boards breaks in the ring in a match. And so they got to take it out, take out the busted board, then put in a new one. Well, my dad loves mechanics and how things work, engineering, mechanical brain. So he's like into that. How he's he's like trying to get under the ring to see while they're working. I'm like, I'm literally having to grab it. Dad, they're working. Get out of the way. Like, you know, he's can, just, yeah. but he's just so fascinated because you know, you think there's springs or whatever, and there's, there's not. No, no it's it's there's just no springs. it's wood and mat, and that was it. And so yeah. he's but he's fascinated by this. And so from that moment forward, he's it. He's in on the wrestling game. He's hooked. He's, he's hooked. hooked. He's hooked at that point forward. Like he kind of got it every now and then. He's into, it. but then now and then the next match is Gino Medina versus Lord Pinder. And like now, like for some reason, this is the match that got a like, yeah, Pinder, let's go. He's like, in there like, yeah, baby. The guy in the yeah. that he's like, man. yeah. And so at one point, they're on the other side of the ring, and so the VIP section is only open on where the entrance side is. So on the other side. It's all rail. So they have a, a space to walk around. Okay. It's pretty tight, but it's railing. So they Lord Pinder goes like he's going to throw Gino over the rail into the seats, and he's telling people to move out their seats, and then he doesn't do it, and he throws them back in the ring. Fake out. Cool. Whatever. So they get in the ring. They come back to the other side. Now they're on our side of the VIP section, and he's telling us to move. At first, me and my dad, and I, we're not moving because he just did the bit over there, Yeah. right? So we're like, I'm not going to get up and fucking move, and then you'd be like throwing it back in the ring again. And then he's like, fucking move. And so we like, and like right as he's doing that, he's throwing Gino while we're still in our seats. So we split and he like where my dad was, Gino hits that chair, bounces over, gets into the second row of chairs and scoots into the third, like clears the whole section out. Like it was hilarious. That's safe, man. Oh, dude, dude. Well, I mean, they were just all over the place. It was hilarious. Jeez. And my dad is, a, and the main event of that night was Barrett Brown. Can't do that Lance. shit in New York. Oh, you know, well, that's conventionally all over your ass, like white on rice. No, this is Texas, baby. Texas, Texas is like outlaws out there. Yeah. So the main event for that night, Barrett Brown, who was the VIP champ, who's New Japan's straight dog now. Um, was facing Lance, facing Lance Archer. For oh, the okay, VIP. so Lance was there. Okay, yeah, so Lance, and that's the other reason why, because we well, Lance got to meet my dad and some other people and stuff like that, and so it was super cool and a lot of fun. Barrett was there, and he was a good guy at the time, and they did a really good job. So, like Lance, he's the first one out. Obviously, he's the champ, and um, Barrett is not a big guy. Barrett is smaller than me. He's like five six. Maybe Jeez. you know, not a big dude, but you know, talented. He was the NWA junior heavyweight champion before they like redid it. You okay. know, like he was the last title holder before um they, they kind of yeah, rebrought, yeah, and before Corgan bought it. And so he's legit really good wrestler. Um, but like you know, he's facing Lance Archer, like there's a foot difference between the two. Yeah, so they did a bit where he did he didn't come from the back, he hung out kind of near the bar on the front on the opposite end where it's not open. He sneaks his way through the crowd, and Lance is waiting for him because his music is playing. And he sneaks his way to the opposite side and does a drop kick and drop kicks Lance from behind. Oh my god! And gets the and they gets the match going that way. And so, like, it was a fun match. Like, it was a really you good time. Tell. And yeah, and they did a really good David Goliath story and had a good time with it. And so, my dad was like, from that point forward, he's like, oh, hey, when we going to another show? So we went. We've been to a couple other shows. Any females on, on that show? 
Uh, yeah, no, Lou usually does. He brings in, um, oh man, I can't, like, he usually brings in a couple of females. So, like, uh, oh, here, I'll tell you, like, they've got one coming up in March here. Um, I'll tell you who they've got. He usually brings in some pretty big name. Um, Lou does some really, like, he brings in some big name people for, for his shows. Um, oh, wait. Yeah, so, yeah, so my dad, so the last time my dad was, uh, June 25th, 2021. But because of pandemic, he's still been super, you know, careful, you know, about mm-hmm. it and stuff like that. But uh, let's see, where is it? Uh, so March tenth, they had a show. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jonathan Gresser was on it. Uh, okay. The Rascals were on it. Uh, Zachary Wentz and Myron Reed. Uh, Dream Girl Ellie. Oh, Dream Girl Ellie. Okay, she was the main female on the show. Shane Taylor, he lives here, so he's there. Brian Keith. Shane Taylor and Brian Keith were, were wrestling each other. Uh, Barrett, Gino, Khan, he lives here. So we, you know, this has been their first show back since last year. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so that was the main female. There are some other local females who will wrestle on the show, but um, because Lou also has a, um, you know, you, you know, a, you know, you know, there's a lot in Texas. Is uh, but she's from Oklahoma. Danny B. She does a lot of stuff. In yeah. Texas, doesn't no, she? Yeah. she does. She, she, yeah. she's wrestled here before. Yeah. Um, she, but Lou has like, Lou has a, a VIP. Uh, he, he, well, he has a DFW all pro wrestling. So he's got a wrestling school as well. Okay. And so like they do student shows, you know, like once or twice a month. And so he does, you know, these things as well. So sometimes some of his students will end up being on the, if they're pretty good and they've graduated and they move forward, okay. they'll make their way on this. Like, so he's got a guy right now, his name is Bo Amir and he's like seven feet tall. He's Jeez. legit seven feet tall. He's a big dude. And so he faced a guy named Ed Stone. Um, and he was one of Lou's students and now he's graduated. And so he made it onto the VIP show as an earlier, mm-hmm. you know, kind of um, situation. So, um, it, you know, he does look, Lou does a really great job of putting on some very fun shows. Um, he's got a lot of connections with people um, and makes, you know, does a good job of just. That's you know, good. That's good. So, I mean, it, like if, if I tell people, if you're coming to DFW to watch wrestling and you can make it work, come to a VIP show. Mm-hmm. Like they put on some of the best in the, in the area. Really? I think so. Um, it, it's, it's some of the best stuff ever. So yeah, no, there's a- shout out to Lou. Like yeah. Lou has been great from the beginning. Like, I mean, we met him because we were passing out um, New Japan flyers for the G1. And then he had a show running right before that. And we went to an NXT event. And the New Japan office in L.A. told us to connect with him. And we did. And then, like, he just took us in. And was like, we were passing out flyers. Our flyers were gone in, like, 10 minutes because they only sent us, like, 500. He had, like, like 2,000. Wow. Well, that's it. You know, that's that's, that's... That's how you, you know, that's how you make money. You got to, yeah. But like, here's here's, like, we, like, he thought, okay, well, we're done. Well, we just, we just grabbed some of his and we just started, like, so we became like friends because we were like, we weren't there. Like, we were shilling his show just as much as we were the New Japan show. Mm -hmm. Bro, like, and so he actually was, he gave us free, like, look, you come, like, he's like, are you coming? I was like, well, I'd love to, but I just spent all this money on New Japan tickets. Um, so I, I, I don't think I can. He goes, well, look. If you can, I'm you. You 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 can come for free. Just when you come to the door, you tell them your name, and you'll be on the list. You'll be in it for free. It'll be general admission, but you're more welcome to come for wow. free. And so I ended up working out that a guy I knew who was on New Japan uh, discussion board 
from our group, he had free front row tickets. So we were actually able to sit front row uh, for that show. It had like Colt Cabana, um, like so many like big name people because it was right before the G1. So lots of people were in. It was like a mini WrestleMania weekend uh, because of the G1. So he had a huge show that night and it was a lot of fun. And so from there, it was like, you know, every time you see this, it's like, my guy. My guys are like we do. We we just it's just been a good time. That's good, man. That's good. No, no, it's good. Like we go to his student shows uh, sometimes, and you know, especially if there's certain guys that we know from the because like there's guys that were in that they're handing out flyers that were like fresh young students that now have graduated and they're starting to wrestle in the area. And so like if they go back, we go to see them. Like even to this day, they still talk about the time I chopped the shit out Jacob for that show because, <laughs> because at the time Jacob was like you know 10 and, and he's getting into wrestling and he wanted he always wanted to chop me and I was like all right that's fine but like sometimes you know kids they don't think and they'll just do it when you're not looking or paying attention and just you know chop the shit out of you for no random reason so I was like all right fine if you want to do that that's cool but we're going to do chop for chop so if you chop me I'm going to chop you back you know, or vice versa. Like, if I chop you, you get a free shot at me. Like, okay. And so we're there, and he, like, randomly, like, we had we'd finally gotten moved because we were at the front where NXT people were going into this NXT show. They were hitting out flyers. Yeah. And finally, after about an hour and a half, we was like, we've never lasted this long. And the people came, hey, you know, we can actually move across the street for flyers, but you can't be here. It's like, okay, cool. But we have, like, we're handing out flyers right there as the show people are going into the show. So we make our way to the back, and we're meeting with everybody. Jacob, as we're working out, I'm talking to somebody, and all of a sudden, he just, whack, he just chops me. And I was like, and it was, it was it was a decent one, but not super great. I was like, all right, it's my turn. And so I come, wow! And, like, he ate it. But, I mean, it, it was, you know, he went, and like, but some of the guys who were students were like, Fuck! Like, like, it was hilarious. Like, still to this day, a couple of the guys were like, dude, I remember when you chopped the shit out of Jacob. That was you crazy. chopped the shit out of your kid. Yeah, they were like, oh my God. I was like, hey, he knew the rules. Chop for chop. That rule dude, still man, applies. The shit out of the boys, man. Oh, they you thought it was hilarious. They thought shit. it was hilarious. So oh, it was a ton of fun. So like, that's that's our VIP story. We have a good oh, time shit. with it, but that's a good story, man. It is that's well, but I mean, we're thirty minutes in now. About yeah, we're we are seconds from thirty minutes in. So we oh, wait first. Let me get my notepad so I can write my. <laughs> I'm doing real good today. I'm, I'm yeah, we're notes. gonna. I guess uh, we should probably do the news. So we should probably do the news. So let's go ahead. Right. Wait. 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 Now. As our uh, as our bosun's whistle goes off here, um, no wait, it's the black alert. Never mind, right? No, yeah, no, the, black alert is for our main news. Yeah, yeah that's right. God, it's, for main, it's it's for the main event. This yeah, is, that's right. The bosun's whistle is yeah, yeah. yeah yes, this yes. is this is this is just the undercard. Yeah, because this is the notes. This is the news. Yeah, so our bosun's whistle goes off because you know I'm such a genius and I do a great job of keeping track of this. You do. Uh, you, you keep a great job of keeping track of it. Sometimes and sometimes you. I guess this. I'm on the. I'm on two and a half hours of smack attack now. Two exactly. This. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna give myself a little grace. We're not gonna cover a ton of news today, but we do have some new stories that we feel are important yep. to talk about because we are back to back in this thing. The first thing is Robert Beltran turned down a Star Trek Picard role, picking up on the Seven Chicote Romance. Wow. So, uh, you know, uh, it, when um, so it basically. In February, a fan expressed frustration on Twitter 
that the list of legacy stars in season three did not include Star Trek Voyagers. Robert Beltran, the actor, responded by revealing he'd had an offer but turned it down. He says, I was an offer an episode. I would I was offered an episode, first two, then one, in Picard, but I simply did not like what they had written for Chicote, so I turned them down. Hmm. I won't go into detail, but I have no animosity towards the Picard producers at all. ST Prodigy offers Chicote a uh, offers a Chakotay that I am enthusiastic about. Oh, wow. So, so, and of course, he's in the Prodigy storyline there. I got to um, watch, I got to watch the rest of Prodigy. I got slacking on that. Yes. So, uh, they, they were like, you know, but he just, he didn't like what they had. Mm-hmm. So then he came, you know, there instead. Probably, um, it, was, it, was, it was probably something where, it probably emasculated him and somehow or made him look stupid, probably. So, uh, well, interesting you say that because out of curiosity, trekmovie.com turned to Picard season three showrunner Terry Metalis to see if there are any details behind the story that could not that could be revealed. And it says the executive pr- producer confirmed that a part of the offer, uh, th- that a part was offered to Beltran, however, it was not for season three. The role uh, the team had in mind for him was in the second episode of season two titled Penis. Pentance, written by Metallus. In an episode, Jean-Luc Picard and the crew of La Serena found themselves in an alternate universe where the pluralistic federation was swapped out for the fantastic uh, uh, fascist confederate uh, confederation of Earth. Each Picard character found themselves taking over an alternate universe counterpart, which includes Seven finding herself as the president of the confederation. Mm-hmm. And of course, then it would have been that, you know, Chakotay would have been a fascist husband. Oh, you know, and um, Metallus thought it was a cool idea based on the character's history from Voyager. Um, that, but it just didn't work out. So it's, you know, whether we know what it is or not, Chakotay says it was, you know, because of, uh, you know, season three. You know, Metallus says it was season two. But either way, right? I mean, either way. Um, he just found that there was something that he didn't like about it. Um, but to be honest with you, I don't feel like it makes that big a difference. What about you, Triple D? Would you have liked to have seen Chakotay? Or do you feel like it's fine without having him there? It's Picard. It's supposed to be the next generation. Mm-hmm. And I get it how you kind of want to bring in some Voyager people in, like how they brought in Seven, but this is about Picard. This is about the this is the this is the send off for next gen cast. Mm-hmm. It should be focused on people from the next generation. Plain and simple, that's it. You know, yes, yes. Having seven there, yeah. You know, seven is a T key, and they always talk about Admiral Janeway, but Admiral Janeway was in a next gen mm-hmm. movie. She yeah. was in Star Trek Nemesis, so she's part of that universe. They'd she was made mention, you know, in in these episodes, yeah. so. So and yeah. you ne- they never had Chakotay in there. So, you know, that's it. Now, if they do something like a Voyager spinoff where they want to bring back some of the Voyager actors, then fine, then go ahead. We need Chakotay then. But for this, now, for this, it just... Right. Let's stick it to Next Gen Care. You know, like, let's... You know, where's Reginald Barclay? Let's 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 bring back Barclay. Let's bring... Ooh, maybe he's involved with the Daystrom. Maybe he's involved, yeah. So, I mean... We need to see characters from Next Generation. That's mm-hmm. what this season is about. So, 
Oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. So DS let's continue that route. Let's bring back the get like like in episode five, we had a returning member from next generation that we thought we would never see in the story mm-hmm. that was never finished. And that story got finished in episode five. And done very well. Done very well. Oh my god. It was a thirty it was almost a thirty year wait for this. Mm-hmm. That's what this season is about. This season's not about shoehorning Mm-mm. other characters from other Star Trek shows. And this this season is about giving the fans uh Yeah, for TNG. For and if anything, it's about shoehorning TNG. I mean, I would say at best it's about shoehorning even periphery, you know, TNG characters yeah, into the show. Exactly. Which I'm fine with, you know. So I mean that's that's a very cool part. Um, you know, and I, like I said, I don't, I don't feel like it was necessary to have him as part of this. I mean, hell, he's in Prodigy anyway. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's you know, it's that it's he said she said whatever. This is oh, who cares? Somebody got confused. Whatever happened, but it was not ever really necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, do we need to have Chakotay in you know uh, seven back? You know, because it be season one. They showed that she was off doing her own thing as a Fenris Ranger anyway. Yeah. So and, and they come to find out she's a love interest with with Raffi. So well, that went from zero to warp nine in like thirty seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then and then I went back to zero. Right. So yeah. it's like if mm. you're if you're gonna do that, then you do that in a spinoff in a seven of nine spinoff show, mm. or you do it. You know, let's say you do a show where it's based on Captain Shaw and Seven. That's where you bring in if you want to bring and in. Then, a lot- even then, even then, I say you just do like it's an episode where Chakotay need, needs help, and so she comes and helps because she still has feelings for him. Yeah, but she's now married to Starfleet, and he's not. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, he's he's. Well, here's the thing: Do we know that he's married? To, how do we know that he's not married to Starfleet? I mean, at this point. You know, maybe he's retired and he's moved. You know, moved on. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because he he would be about Riker's age. You know, and and you know, I think along those same lines. So I would say that if right here's the thing: if if Riker didn't have that traumatic experience with his son, he'd still be a captain of a starship, if not more. Exactly. If not more, but well, let's but let's be honest too, though. What would but let's be, because Chicote was a maquis. Was there some kind of prison or rehabilitation thing that he he would have had to do? No, or something along those lines. I don't know? think so. Not now. Would they that, have gotten amnesty? I guess is the question. He would. He, he would have gotten amnesty and probably would have. My guess is he probably would be like a commandant at or some sort of higher up at Starfleet, you know, academy. Right. But here's the thing, though, too. We know he's a prodigy, and we know he launched the protostar. Mm-hmm. Right? So maybe there's that story to tell, you know, there, and that's why I said him and Seven aren't, because he's, you know, he's basically being a test pilot for the protostar. Yeah, the protostar. And he's gone, so that's why they didn't have a relationship. You know, they, they've essentially written it for us right there with, yeah. cleverly, with a cartoon show, which I haven't mm-hmm. watched yet at all. But you know, I'll probably get around to it at some point. I gotta finish watching the rest of it. So, Uh, but so that's that is Chakotay. That that's that's an interesting hat. But continuing on uh, Picard season three. Um, So 
um, we're going to talk about this, but there have been discussions of Vatic and her crew and what they are. Um, people have been wondering is like what what's going on. And, yeah, because uh, yeah, because Vatic it kind of intrigues me a little bit. Yeah, and so it comes to find out. Well, I guess the question is, do we want to say this now, or do we want to save it? We'll but, save it. Save well, it. no, 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 no. I, I think we'll we'll just say this because something happens in episode four. Was it four? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was four. It was four. Yeah, in episode four, where it makes you question things, but um, and so <laughs> it, it, but basically, and so people had different theories on what was. Vatic yeah. and her crew, and and Terry Metalis comes out and says that Vatic and her crew are changeling. You know, so I kind of figure that. You know, but that's the that's kind of you know the the timeline for that, and that um, that uh, they, um, but the idea. Then we're gonna see this about the idea of it is that there's some interesting things about these changelings that are happening that yeah, are which, not which your find, typical. If you find in episode five. Yes. Some of episode four, but more in episode five. More in episode five. Yeah. yeah. So like when we talk about it, or if you've seen it and you know what we talk about in, in episode four. Um, so, cause the theory was that Vatic was not necessarily a changeling, but had something special going on. And then that the people, the ship, the other creatures on the ship, with Vatic, were a new form of Jemadar or Breen, mm-hmm. you know, so or maybe a mixture like a, a genetic mixture of both, you know, because mm-hmm. you know they have kind of more they wear these masks that make them look like bird type, maybe in creature yeah. type things, yeah, and they, they speak so it's like could they be Jemadar, could they be Breen, could they be a mixture of both? They yeah, get like a Breen vibe from them, yes, yeah. but but so far as we know, her and her entire crew are changelings. So, um, so those those to quell some of those rumors running around, Terry Metalis went on Twitter and confirmed that for sure. Um, so, uh, let's see one other news story before we get going uh, with our back to backs. Um, we're going to end with this one. This is going to be our last one. Um, for those of you who like Eagle Moss and have been wondering what's going on, uh, the Hero Collector Star Trek ship models. They are coming back. They're relaunching through Master Replicas. Um, their site goes live on Sunday. So uh, so if you go to MasterReplicas.com, which goes live 2 p.m. your time, Triple D, ah. on Sunday, um, it says you can start getting the we sold that way. Um, and they will also be sold through Selective Retail. You know, um, other retail partners, but the most direct one is going to be masterreplicas.com. So, um, so that there's over 400 ships spanning Holy the franchise, is cow. what they said. You know, uh, wow. right now, the acquisition of the remaining Eagle Gamas stock is believed to include some of almost every ship. Instead of releasing the entire stock all at once, Master Replica site will be making a curated selection of ships available every two weeks. The first wave will include 25 ship models with each one available for two weeks or until it sells out. In some cases, the ships will be sold without the traditional included magazine, which will be made clear in the description on the site. Pricing will be around the same as the original retail pricing, which is good news for collectors, as some of these ships are currently only available at inflated prices on the secondary market. Mm -hmm. 
So, like, you know, they show some pictures. Um, of course, I'm on TrekMovie.com where we get our most of our news. They have a, the Titan. Um, they is show it, the NX01. Is, is it the regular Titan? Or is yeah, it yeah, no, from Lower Decks Titan. Oh. Yeah. You know, um, it says Heathside uh, has acquired some ship models that were manufactured but never released, which will become available later after they're shipped from China. Currently, Heathside only has the rights to sell what was the existing product line when Eagle Moss was shut down. Uh, they are not releasing any new track models yet. Um, so, because I kind of want to get the Titan A. Right. I love, right. I, I'm sorry. I love that ship. Which, so you might have to wait a while for that because they're yeah. right now selling the back stock essentially. Mm-hmm. But it, it, just so in case you didn't which, remember, which you're going wrong, you wouldn't mind snagging an Enterprise right. C. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. But um, January, Diagnostic Collectibles announced that they had taken over the Hero Collector Build the Enterprise program, um, making it part of their fan home line. So those who want to restart their subscription should visit the Enterprise D page at fanhome.com to register. And then you get parts and you build a oh, large okay. version of the Enterprise D. So you get like a monthly parts uh, series and you can build the Enterprise D. So uh, you won't be able to, like if you've started a project, you'll, you'll just have to restart, you know, essentially. Um, so, but you can at least get back on that and, and try to do that at all, uh, as well. So you get the fat one. The fat one. You can get the fat one. The fat one. But apparently nobody wants the fat one. But apparently nope. you can get the fat one if you want to build it yourself. Yeah, nobody likes the D, I guess. <laughs> well, some people don't like the D. Other people do. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of people that do love the D. Yes, some people like the fat D too. I'm just saying they like the big D. Yeah. Mm. I'm not. No, I'm not saying the big D. I'm saying the fat D. Oh, the there's fat a D, difference. Yeah, the fat D, there's yeah, a difference between the big D and the yeah. Fat there is. There's a difference between the big D and the fat D. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, oh God. We're, <laughs> as we progress, we're such, we're, we're such pranksters we're, here. We're such children. Such children um, at the academy. All right, but that's that's all of our news for today. That's all we got. 15 minutes. Let's bang it out. That's what she said. So let's go ahead and talk about our main point today. So let's play the black alert right. Wait for it. Wait for it. Here. All right. So that's our main point for today. We're, as we said, we're going back to back card episodes, episodes four and five. And of course, episode four titled um, The No Win Scenario. Um, and so. At the end of season three, in case they didn't remember Triple D, why don't you refresh them on what happened at the end of episode three? The end of episode three was uh, basically, you know, they the tie-in tries, Riker's in charge of the tie-in. Picard tells them you need to attack the Shrek. They attack the Shrek, but the Shrek has that portal weapon. Shrek, not Shrek. The Shrek. Sorry, the, the, what, what I call the Shrek. You call it the Shrek. Shrek oh, gosh. The Shrek. So... So, so they go to attack the, the Shrike. They fire everything at 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 the Shrike. The Shrike has that portal weapon. It takes the missiles from there and portals it to the missiles, and it hits the, the tie-in, and the tie-in's in a free fall. It has no power, nothing. It's losing power. It's falling into that... Um, singularity. Singularity. And it's basically de- death. Yeah, it's death for water. everyone on the ship. And, and so the Shrike flies off, seemingly because it's like, well, our mission is accomplished, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And so uh, we, we do that. And so, you know, 
we see it, it's interesting though. So you had that was the end of your episode, right? And then the start of this episode is Picard five years before, and he's in Ten Ford in, in LA, and a bunch of Starfleet cadets approach him to hear about his tales of traveling, you know, um, traveling the Enterprise. Yeah. They had this one interesting one, one asking about his encounter with the Herogen, um, you know, and uh, and it was like, wait, what? What? Uh, and, but apparently at some point he's met the Herogen and, and he tells a rather eloquent story about um, about what happened and he turns it into a teaching moment and and it's, he says the encounter with the Herogen taught him that when time comes, you must remain steadfast to your crew, no matter how dire the situation. Mm-hmm. And so then it segues to the storyline of where they were at um, with what's happening and going on. But of course, as we know, uh, Captain Riker is made temporary commander of the ship mm-hmm. because Shaw was banged up pretty badly. Yeah, yeah. Shaw and so... Um and 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 so you have this idea of they have the only decision is a quick death or a slow death. Um, the shields can't handle the debris, and they're sinking further into the nebula. Uh, and every every single one of their systems is like at critical minimums, including life support. And on top of that, the nebula is also causing that weird bioelectrical waves, which is putting further strain on the ship. And so. It's it's interesting because you know at the end of it too, Riker told Picard to get off the bridge, mm-hmm. right? Because he's like, you know, you're you you've killed us. Mm-hmm. When in all actuality, what else did they have to do? Yeah, I mean, it, it was like, uh, really, come on, Riker. And so Riker goes and finds Picard, and he he kind of admits, you know, hey, I, I kind of goofed up a little bit. Um, and he says, you weren't wrong when I called me out on my fear of loss. And he does, in fact, fear the nothingness of death. And he encourages Picard to go spend the final hours he had with Jack before it's too late. You know, and it was a very impassioned plea. Like, I wish I could have had more time with Thaddeus. Yeah. But, you know, you know, to do that. And uh, Picard listens. And he goes straight to Sick Bay, um, where Jack and Beverly are tending to injured crew. Um, and he asks for a few moments along with Jack. And she says yes. Um, and Jack is in his throat, but they go to 10 forward. Um, and Jack says, he asked him if he's ever been there. And, um, like there was that hesitancy, like, yeah, you know, which it's important. Like, I don't know. I, the first time I watched it, I saw it and I was like, wait, why did he hesitate? Like, Mm -hmm. like, it would be a very clear question to me. Like, have you ever been here? No, no. Yes. I I don't, not that I know of. I don't think Mm -hmm. I've ever been here before. And so, uh, yeah, uh, and so, like, it was weird because you're like, it's the holodeck. Like, why, with the ship going the way it's going, why why would that be working? Like, why would you allow the holodeck, you know, to work? Um, so, uh, but then the show writers already had a thing for that because that was in my head. Like, why are they in the holodeck? Why would yeah. it work? Like. And then they say, Picard kind of throws in that the holodeck is designed to pull energy from a separate power system for just an occasion, a nice diversion from the inevitable. Um, you know, uh, so that 
we just see this nice moment where they have a, a conversation and they talk and they hold on. But by the, by the way, I gotta say this: when Jack mm-hmm. asks just just the cheap shit, and he pulls yeah. out a bottle of Jameson. Jameson is not cheap, but I guess yeah. in the future it must be cheap. I guess. See, I don't know. I like. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Know. No. Yeah. Know. No. That was that, and there was something in this where where a lot of fans and a lot of people like clutched at their pearls because Picard dropped an f bomb talking about going back with Jack Crusher. Mm. They're like, he dropped an f bomb. They're Okay, guys, you gotta understand the situation. He's still emotional from Riker told him. Yeah. He's spending time with his son. He's telling a story about him and Jack where they were spent ten hours on a shuttle and the ship is going down. Yeah. So Picard just says, screw it, and just drops in that and he remembers yeah. it because it was he goes, it was ten fucking hours. I would have done the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it and it was an improv moment from Patrick Stewart himself. Mm-hmm. So, so for the fans out there bitching about it, okay, you're entitled to your opinion, but who knows that character better than Patrick Stewart? Yeah, I Patrick mean, Stewart. and if Patrick Stewart thinks that Picard's dropping an f bomb there, he drops an f bomb, right? You know, and I mean, to me, when he said that, just I got into it. The mo- I mean, it was perfect. Absolute yeah. perfect. And then, obviously, we start to see the crew members from the tie-in. They start to go in there. As you said before, you know, it's a place in there to, to kind of get their minds off of what's going to happen. You know? Mm-hmm. They start going in there. And then, who walks in there? My man. Captain Shaw. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Shaw walks in, and um, I obviously high off of the pain meds, so he doesn't mm-hmm. care what he says, and obviously he's a little pissed that he's that the ship's going down. Which does he ever really care what he says? I mean, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, like, but but like, you, yeah, the fact that he uses the excuse of oh, your mom's real liberal with those pain medications. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, which that's what I love about Shaw. He's yeah, he's real. He doesn't. He, yeah, just and. But then he tells the story of Wolf 359, his story. Mm-hmm. And you just, you hear the emotion that, that comes out of him where he goes, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just, I was just a dipshit from, from, from Chicago. Who am yeah, I? A grease monkey. A, gr- a grease monkey. Who am I to, to go off and survive this? Right. While my commander sacrificed herself for me. Mm-hmm. And, and there's still a lot of anger and resentment yeah. for that, for him being lacutus and what he did. No, I mean, look at no, Cisco. no, mind you, mind you, he didn't do it on purpose, right? You know, but still, you know, there's still that resentment there. Mm-hmm. And he says that, and he gets emotional about it because a lot of people died that day. He lost a lot of friends, mm-hmm. and then you know, Picard and. Out Picard took it, you know. He and you could just see the trauma on his face having to relive that. Yeah. And he told Jack, no, it's okay. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing you have to, I mean, it's always gonna be his biggest shame. You yeah. know, and there's there's always gonna be someone who's from Wolf 359. I mean, you look at Cisco. I mean, look at Cisco. Yeah. And I mean <laughs> Yeah, I mean Cisco, 
I'm surprised that Cisco didn't stab him in stab him in the face. Right. Or use a phaser on him. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's still something. How many years later that people that served that and survived that will mm-hmm. always remember? Yeah. But then Shaw realizes what he said, what he did, and you see the remorse that he has. He's like, shit. Yeah. And then he says, you know, listen, you know, please don't excuse my behavior because I am an asshole. And he, he admits mm-hmm. that. He, yeah. he totally admits it. And he knows that. And he knows what he said was kind of bad. Yeah. You know, but then we see Jack try to go and console his father. But Picard, you know, he's, Picard's got one thing on mind. You know, he's like, listen, man, I got to save the ship. Mm-hmm. Gotta try to save the ship. Mm-hmm. And um, then after that, we have the uh, the scene with 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 uh, with Crusher and Sickbay, correct? Right. Uh, let me see. So yeah. Um, well, first we have Seven of Nine investigating the changing situation. Oh yeah, the changing situation. And then yeah. finally, oh, the, goes. Yeah, the transporter officer was killed. And the changing was masquerading had been killed days before Picard yeah. and Riker even boarded the ship and brought Jack aboard. I mean, the plot to sabotage the vessel was in place long before Picard even re- received the message from Beverly. Uh, she immediately reports her findings to Riker, who cautions her to keep them to herself because mm-hmm. they might kill what little morale remains in the ship. He also decides not to re- reinstate her since she has more help in an unofficial capacity. Exactly. She can kill the changing without jumping through Starfleet hoops. So, um, but. Riker, she immediately goes to Shaw and asks for his help, which is a surprise to both. But she recognizes that w- with everyone on board, Shaw knows his crew better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And anybody's going to recognize the Changelings going to be him. And he imparts what little knowledge he has about the Changelings to Seven uh, to find the Changelings pot. Um, yeah, the pot. <laughs> but not the fun I, one. I, I love right. this. Like, this, yeah. was, this was great when he's like, you were great. I hired you. This and that and other thing. And she goes, that'd be bullshit. Exactly. I, I'd be the change like that. Yeah. You could right. tell. I'm actually like yeah. putting you over. That I, yeah. yeah and so, which, and then they, they hand you the pad and there's a picture of Odo. Again, another another nice little reference to Rene Albergianus and Odo um, and the pot. And, you know, he's talking about he needs the pot. Where do we go find that? And so. And um, he, he tells her, tear this ship apart and find that pot. Yeah. Yeah. And so. um you know, it was a, definitely an interesting aspect to that, but that, but it made sense because Shaw would know, and he would, you know, giving her good ideas of how to go for it. Mm-hmm. And then after this is when we get the moment that we were really availing to on the other side of the nebula, Vatic, Amanda Plummer, which by the way, God, does she just great job of just almost channeling her dad, but still not seriously. To, you know, I thought it was Chang. Oh, uh, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, she reports to a fellow changeling. About the search for Jack Crusher, but in order to do she that, she cuts off her hand. She cuts off her hand and puts it in this device that forms the head of this other person, so that they can have a conversation. And so that's when, and so that's why Tara, people were thinking, well, maybe it's just her hand because it was a very weirded gloved hand, um, the way it was situated. And so um, the thoughts were, oh, well. Maybe it's just the hand, you know, the, like there's a bit of that changeling on her hand 
And so she cuts it off to have communication with him that she's human or whatever. But no, Terry Metallus, that's why he explained they're all changing on that ship. And so that's how she communicates with him. And, and so that the, she, uh, the search for Crusher reports to a fellow changing about the search for Jack Crusher and calls it a suicide mission tip to follow the Titan into the nebula. But that's a little consequence to the other changeling. Vatic is apparently expendable and not on top of the food chain. So <laughs> this brief interlude creates more like, what do the changelings want from Jack and extension Picard? So um, yeah, what does the changeling want from? Them? We don't know still. Like that's the whole Jeez. bit. Like, like they, like they, but it was such a jarring scene to watch her cut her own hand off. Yeah, that was crazy. I was like, oh, yeah, shit. like it was, oh, and so, and so she sees at this point that she is just another pawn, a cog in the machine to make you know that happen. So, um, and then after that, we see Picard coming back to. 10 forward back to five years ago with more cadets and one um, one asked him about his various exploits with the late Jack Crusher um, which prompts McCarter to dive headfirst into a story about no win scenario um, and then he tells the tall tale of his heroics and reckless antics and Picard is only aware of the fact that like there's more than cadets listening so uh, then that's when we come back to the holodeck and then crew members slowly start filtering in with mm-hmm. Picard and Jack. And they're like, yeah, come on in. Oh, let's, okay. Let's so this. I kind of got ahead then. Yeah. Um, and, and so that idea, like Picard basically says, like, you know, Jack's over there bonding time. And he admits that he doesn't need this. And he's trying to be harsh about it. But it's just the facts. In a rare moment of Picard, though, he he's like, he's been very good at keeping safe distance from everyone around him. He admits that he's the one that needs the moment with Jack. It's not... It's not for Jack, it's for, for Picard. And mm-hmm. Jack might be fine not needing a connection, but everyone needs them, especially Picard. And so that's when... Um, Shaw comes in. Yeah. Well, uh, as again, Jack asks Picard about his worst jam that he's ever been in. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a story about the cadets in Tim Ford um, five years ago that, you know, he, you know, and then he talks about how she would name him after Jack Crusher um, and and talks about that and before Jack has the opportunity um, he assumes incorrectly that Jack knows the story because his mother told him but before Jack could do that that's when Shaw makes his appearance on the holiday. Yeah that's so. when Shaw that's when Shaw is just Shaw being Shaw baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah and so um, it's it's uh, this is where Shaw just like um you know, it's safe to finally admit that Shaw was right. Seeing Picard and Riker rescue Beverly and her son um, and what I was um, risking hundreds of lives for two lives isn't the right call. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just starts letting them into it. And you know, Shaw just um, gives this incredible speech and seven of nine, uh, which is Wolf 359. Um, mm-hmm. And he, boy, but that boy that that story is like 49 crewmen went and were given by orders by an officer that 10 people were to live because there was only enough space for 10 and tells them to get on and the, the offer doesn't pick officer doesn't pick themself and he's like i was just some dipshit grease monkey from chicago like i was in engineering and you know and this is where we get the moment where jack was like okay 
And but nope, he makes him stand down, and Jack and Picard leave, and then everybody is like around Shaw, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, what did he, he says? Yeah, my charm left for being an asshole or something along yeah, those lines. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, you know, but like it, this is the first moment where we see Jack. I you know I feel like he's bonded with Picard because he was willing to stand up for him. Yeah, you know, if he didn't care about Picard, they wouldn't have bothered him that Shaw said any of those things. Yeah, but he does. And then again, we too we see that Jean Luc. We he recognizes this is his greatest mess up and his greatest pain, and he's still willing to take that. You know, like he he still struggles with it, and he still just takes it because mm-hmm. you know he understands that the damage that he does and that Shaw needed to get this out. You know, it. it for every person that survived Wolf 359, I feel like Picard allows them to get their shit out so they can get over it. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. look at Cisco, right? Cisco did not like Picard, and Cisco went through his thing and he was able to get his shit out. And, you know, him and Picard, you know, they weren't friends or anything like that, but they at least left amicably. Yeah. You know, Shaw, same thing. He got his shit out. Picard let him. And, mm-hmm. you know, Will Shaw be their friend? No, but at least it's a little bit more like, okay, you got your you got your stuff out, you know. Um, and so, uh, and then all of this, uh, we have this other C D E F story about Beverly keeping track of the bioelectric pulses mm-hmm. that the Nebula has been eating off, uh, and she figures out there's a pattern to them, and she says like contractions. Um, and she goes straight to Picard and Jack with her theory, and they go to Riker, and they plan to use the energy being created by the pulses to divert power to the thrusters to escape the gravity well. Riker is not sure about the plan, but he's willing to give it a try, considering they have no other options but wait for their death. Um, you know, and so Jack kind of points out that just like Picard's story with his namesake, they'll have to slowly navigate their way out of the nebula while harnessing its power, which ties everything together nicely. So, like, and they. They do, and they know. do, but but they but to do that though, they need to uh basically they need to remove one of the, they need to remove the safeties off of the nacelles so that the power can go to the nacelles, right? So they had to go to Shaw, yeah, they, they go to like, Shaw, they need a grease monkey who can hotwire the old engineering parts, yeah. So. And I love it where it's like, he answers the door, he's like, Yes, we need you, yes, yeah. and you are a dipshit from Chicago, right. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so it's very interesting. And so they're working, and then uh, they're joined by Sydney LaForge, um, the non uh, LeVar Burton daughter, mm-hmm. uh, and claims she's been ordered to assist them. Um, so last week they established that Seven and Sydney have a, a relationship and a friendship. Yeah, um, and that she calls Seven by Commander Hansen. Um, like she calls her Commander seven. seven, and so when she's seven starts to try to figure out that this is maybe a changeling, she asks her, "What do you call me?" She says, "Commander Hanson," and she shoots her right in the head. And she says, "She always called me Commander Seven as a sign of respect," um, which is got makes Shaw think about like how he calls her and the name she prefers, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, it, it's a pause, but not really. Um, so I was like. We, 
Should I do it? Nah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, we know Shaw. He's probably not going to worry Shaw. about it. Shaw. I said Shaw. Mm-hmm. He's the man. Come on. Not a big deal. So then um, Picard and Jack, they work there uh, on the bridge. They help get the Titan through the the field. The Nebula manages to give them just enough power boost to not only get them out of the Grovenal, but to sign them with enough power to kickstart all their systems. Magically enough, they get everything they need. And when they emerge, they come face-to-face with the Shrike. And yet again... They throw uh, a combat at it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Riker, like, did you just throw an asteroid at them? Uh, like, and Riker's like, yeah, I did. You know? Yeah, I did. Uh, it's so funny because, like, yeah, they're they're there. The but the nebula. So the the energy that's giving off from this, the nebula gives birth to these space jellyfish. I think mm-hmm. essentially what it was, and it was a very magical moment. Uh, as part of that, so the the nebula, mm-hmm. like, does it dissipate because it's it's given birth to these space nebula? It felt like the nebula dissipated. I, I feel like, yeah, it did, yeah, yeah. And so, and that's when they get the asteroid and they throw it at the Shrike, and the Shrike starts falling towards this gravity well because their systems are out. Because of, I mean, you got an asteroid thrown at you and it hits you. I mean. You can't portal that out, and you just took the job. And then they kind of caught him by surprise uh, mm-hmm. with the asteroid. Uh, I don't think that it expected Riker to throw an asteroid at her. Exactly. Yeah. No. There was. Yeah. No. What, did you expect that? Nah. He just threw an asteroid at my ass. Yeah. Like you know, you bet your you bet your ass I did. Did you, you just throw an asteroid at it? You bet your ass I did. You and so, um, you know, it, and it was very interesting. Um, you know, so after that moment, um, J- Jack kind of sees all the connections that were forged around him. Um, and we get this interesting flashback where Jack is telling, you know, listening to Picard, you know, tell him Starfleet connects. You're only ever as good as those around you. It becomes part of you. It completes you. They lift you up to accomplish things you can never do alone. The real sucker punch comes when Jack interjects and asks him if he's ever had a life outside of Starfleet or a real family. Picard tells him Starfleet has been the only family I've ever needed. Now and so, it. which is why he now chose not to forge a connection. So, yeah. hmm, which was interesting, even though Beverly said he wanted to meet and then he chose not to because he didn't try to meet. And Picard said that, but Picard doesn't know that, you know. Um, I think, I think he kind of realized it at the end because you saw at the end where he looked at Jack and he recognized, my God, that was that kid in that hat five years ago. You think, do you think? I think so. Yeah. I, think I don't so. know if that was the case or not. To be honest with you, I don't know if he recognized that because I, I like I know I thought I, I agree with you. I thought about it, but at the same time too, it's like all this time he didn't. He, he's just now recognizing that his kid was the one who asked him that question. Maybe all those years, like no, I don't. I don't see that at all. Like if anything, it was just more of a like I would say more of a smirk in the sense of like it wasn't the he's he's. Like he's Jack is seeing what Picard was talking about about those connections in the family and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I like I feel like it's more of that, and he I don't think Picard recognizes that was him in Ten Four. I see. You know, that's my take on it. That's my okay. take that because Picard's been talking about connections and family and all these kind of things mm-hmm. and Starfleet and all that kind of stuff, and that's what he's seeing right now being played out on the bridge. So. I think it's more of that, not that Picard recognizes. Um, oh yeah, that's 
Just that kid. I don't think so. Because, oh, okay. yeah, because he was at the bar. He was further away. His hat was pulled down. It wasn't like super noticeable that hmm. that was Jack when you could have seen it, right? Like even when you watch the episode, you kind of had to squint to make sure that was Jack. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Point and there. you could hear the voice, right? A little, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't think he recognized that at all. So, um, but you know, so we have that moment. But then after that, we have it, the episode ends with a very interesting aspect where we have Riker. Um, he's he reaches out to Deanna. And he wants to reconcile because earlier in the episode he attempted to for record his final message to her in case they died, but he mm -hmm. couldn't find the words he needed to say. And now after they went through everything to survive, he realized he actually needed to discuss things with her. And you know, this is that idea of you know trying to figure things out. And um, we see at the end though, the very end, with Jack faced with the terrifying red trindles, uh, red tendrils. The red door and a mysterious voice whispered him, find me. So um, it's it's like there's more to Jack than we know and yeah, what's going to happen. So, you know, uh, overall, great episode. Like this was kind of a filler episode a little bit. No Worf and Rafi. Um, they have but you really didn't need Worf or Rafi in this episode. Well, you know, you had mentioned they had mentioned Daystrom and trying to move forward, which they discussed in episode five. And you get more of Wolf and Rafi this time, and some fun things which we'll talk about here in a second. But I mean, this was a I felt like a bridge the gap episode, but it was a damn good bridge the gap. It was episode. a damn good episode. Like, it it, 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 it reminds you of old track, yeah. Because problem, yeah, they had a problem and they solved the problem, and it was happy ending. You had the birth of the nebula there. Mm -hmm. You had. Riker and Troy talking and you know kind of like making patching things up. You had the the thing between Picard and, and, and Jack at the end where it's the smirk and they kind of understood. And you had elation. It was happy. It was kind of bright. Mm -hmm. It was bright. Yeah. Surprisingly. So mm -hmm. and of course, you know, and during the episode we had just and it, it was it was good. And it, you had a lot of good comedic moments in the episode. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of an old episode of the original series. Really good. Done really well. Mm -hmm. So six stars I, in the uh, Tokyo Dome. Right. You know, I mean, especially for where we've seen filler episodes and how could they be? Um, yeah. We've seen some really bad filler episodes. You know, I thought it was a very well done um, mm -hmm. episode and, 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 you know, handled very, very well. So, yeah, I, look, I, I don't know what, what we could say about it. Um, this was kind of a ship in the bottle episode where yeah. it wasn't going to be anywhere. Um, you, you were staying on the ship. It wasn't going to go anywhere else. And I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, so uh, if you if you haven't had an idea of, of what... Like, I, like, this is one of those ones where a lot of emotion and connection and character building was involved. Yeah. You know, we needed to see, we found out why Jack didn't want to meet Picard. Mm -hmm. You know, we found out more about their relationship. We found out more about Shaw, like why yeah. he is what he is and, and what moves him and drives him. We, we found out a whole bunch right here and we did it in an hour. 
You know, we, it was good. we banged it all out. It was it was really good. And I, I think but then again, leaves us with something to where we're ready for the next episode. Mm-hmm. You know? So it ends on like, okay, there's something going on with Jack. Like, what's the deal? Yeah. You know. Um so then um then we get into episode five. Mm-hmm. Um oh, oh, there we go. Sorry. Uh, so we see in episode five, the Titan is warping back and, um, and, and we're like, they're, 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 the bridge crew, the young bridge crew, there's not, nobody on the, it's, it's all the young people who are on the bridge crew, not Shaw or mm-hmm. anybody else. They're all talking about getting back to, to earth and start do- a spaceship, uh, space dock. Um, when we see, uh, Jack Crusher in a Starfleet uniform. And he murders everyone. Yeah, and it's but it ends up being a nightmare. And like the one one chick is like, I know what you really are. And we see the the spindly things and and everything about it um, with the a red door again and the creepy voices. Um, you know, it's but it's it's a nightmare. Turns out it's very real, but it's very disturbing to Jack as mm-hmm. well. And um, and so we're we're seeing we're seeing more of Jack um, as this this happens more and more. We saw his eyes go red this time a little bit, and the and, the, and then we hear a voice say, "Jack, come on," you know. So uh, is Jack a changeling? Ah, that's the real question. Is Jack a changeling? Is not is Jack not just a changeling? Is he the changeling? Is he the reason why they're able? Well, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Or Surely he's not because he's been with it, Beverly the whole time. It wouldn't be the Borg. You think it wouldn't? They wouldn't be the Borg. They already did the Borg in season two. Like what? What else could it be? You know, that's that's the interesting question. I really don't know. I really like thinking about it and figuring it out. Like, there's a lot here. There's a lot to unpack. And and, and but there's so many. Weird, I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with changeless. To be honest with you. I, it could be changing adjacent, but Beverly's been with him. She's had to do. He no, I think it's it's something different. Something different. Okay. Yeah, I really do. Because... By the way, do you think do you, do you think we're gonna have a appearance from the Borg and Girardi, the Queen? Mm, no, I feel like they ended that last you know last season at the end of the season. It was like it was a way for her to get her goodbye in mm-hmm. by being that sentinel at the wall, I right? See. And she's gonna—that's what she's gonna do, you know. So, um, so, so after that nightmare, we have uh, Picard, Riker, Seven, and Shaw talking about the changing situation aboard the ship, and we found out that they had things in place to prevent changelings from getting on the ship. But these changelings can um, get by the the protocols that have been put in place by Starfleet to prevent changelings from getting on the ship. And so, um, but we also see Shaw says, um, you know, Riker gives the ship back to Shaw, and Shaw reveals that he already took the liberty of contacting Starfleet to report <laughs> everything, including their misdeeds. Yep. Um, yep. And he That's says. Shaw. Hey, do you want to face the music reinstated? And she doesn't even hesitate to ask to be reinstated. And Picard vows to bear the brunt of the punishment since he was the one that orchestrated the whole thing. 
And so she was mighty pleased with the prospect that Picard might finally have to pay for his actions. And then he's and like so, whistling in the turbo lift. Oh yeah, that's later. That's later when when <laughs> he's he's such person, a dickhead. I love oh, it. Yeah, though. He is. I love it. So uh, yeah. So Picard sets off to tell Beverly that uh, and Jack and Starfleet are on their way to question the crew of the Titan, and Beverly's to point the situation with the changeling is far from over. Mm-hmm. Uh, after all, how did the changes get on board the Titan weeks before Picard was even made aware of the situation? And so Beverly sets off to sick bay where Jack talks to his dad and awakens nightmare. He seems nervous about what anything to do with Starfleet. Um, because because of his nightmare, that's the reason why, right? And then you know he's like, well, maybe you should be with Starfleet. He's like, mm, no, no. Um, Starfleet would crimp his lifestyle as a rogue medic, and he wants Jack to stay with uh, in Jack and Beverly's lives, but he doesn't seem excited by the prospect. And then all of a sudden, we have a new ship enter the chat, the, the USS Intrepid, which was an interesting ship design because it's, it's essentially. Like well, yeah, it's, it's it looks like a constitution, but it's where they attach the secondary. Like it comes off the back end and makes that U shape, mm-hmm. and like so that the it, it, which almost was the same design as the Shrike, if you remember the Shrike. Yeah, it had that secondary deflector dish that came and hooked under right mm-hmm. there, and so the the Intrepid had the same and like. Everything from the secondary hull up looked very similar to the um, Titan, except it didn't have the it had the full dish top, not the serrated back end dish like yeah. the Titan has. And so, uh, and then of course the secondary hull where it attaches, and it's more of that forward facing um, projector. So, um, so when the Intrepid arrives to investigate the situation, something seems to be immediately off about the whole thing. Seven and Shaw are the first to find it suspicious that rather than using a transporter to beam over, the Intrepid sends over investigators on a shuttle. Um, and so with a very, it's like a really weird vibe going on. Uh, Picard asks Seven for one more favor, um, which is to hide Jack, and she puts him in a uniform, um, which is what his nightmare Fears. had been. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and so uh, thinking about Beverly's warning that the change the plot is far from over, um, that's why they decided to go that route. Um, and so the, the turbo lift scene. So first they're Shaw's whispering. Then as they're heading down, they're like, well, you know, maybe they'll remember that we've, we've saved the galaxy a few things. And then Shaw is like, yeah, or that you dropped the enterprise D you hot dropped the enterprise D on a planet or that you ignored the prime director to, you know, to, he said, basically have sex with the Baku. Yeah. And then, you or that you uh caused a time paradox and almost destroyed the universe in, a, in the Viridian. like basically did three of the four movies you know um which was generations insurrection and uh for no not first contact no it was yeah. generations insurrection and generations. First contact it was, i think it was first contact. no because viridian with that no because they, they were in earth when that viridian. happened when that that was that was generations as well, right? Generations. Unless they're talking about the end of C, of of TNG, probably probably the end of TNG. Maybe you know because that last episode where three different enterprises from three different eras had to yeah you know do that. So yeah, he was like, uh, and then and then and then Picard goes, "Those were the days." Like, Those were the days. Yeah, and so 
And then as uh, they get off the turbo lift, uh, we see a holy shit moment yes. where Ro Laren is the commander who's there to investigate. Yeah. And Picard is immediately pissed. Because um, yeah. um, on Star Trek Generations, when she was an ensign, um, basically we know that she gave up her life on the Enterprise and Starfleet to be in the Maquis. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, you couldn't, if you were in Starfleet, you couldn't wear your Bajoran earring, and she did it anyway. Uh, so now Picard is super pissed. Like when she's interrogating him, she, he's like, What does a Maquis imposter or Bajoran, Bajoran, whatever, traitor have to do to talk with me about being a traitor? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so. You know, and, and, and so the idea of like he doesn't trust her, she's thinking it's because she's a changeling. So mm-hmm. she slices her hand open to prove that she bleeds. Um, which, uh, in the recap, they say he's fully aware of the changeling that they're dealing with might be capable of bleeding like anyone else, but they're not. He's just not aware of that because later he's on, not aware Beverly, of that until Beverly tells him, until Beverly tells him. And that's when we cut to this scene where Beverly and Dr. And her name is uh, the, the trill is called Dr. Oak. H O H K. I'm thinking that's Oak. Oh, right. Okay. All right. Have brought it's in the forge in to confirm that the dead changing that looks like her is indeed not her, Absolutely. which is hilarious. She like, you know, uh, it's in the forge. I need you to confirm that this is not you. And she turns, and goes, <laughs> turns around, turns around installing Buicks. Yeah. And, and Crusher is like, she's confirmed. I'll it's not her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, um, but unlike previous runs with changing, this particular changeling has retained their form after being killed instead of running back, uh, turning back into goo. And she discovers that this new breed of changing has blood, which allows it to pass the required Starfleet blood testing, meaning that anyone, but it, there's no DNA. Um, yeah. And so that anyone could be a Titan born. Um, and so she continues to run diagnosis on the corpse. It's good. Not only this can newly evolved species pass blood tests, but they can replicate human, human organs. And like super weird to show that it took them like cutting the organs apart for it to turn into liquid goo again. Yeah. You know? And so she makes it, uh, when she makes the discovery, she reaches out to Picard being invested by, by Roe. Um, and Picard basically makes it clear that, you know, Hey, I'm with, you know, Commander Roe, and she sends a text says, trust no one because, you know, they can look like us and they can have whatever. And so now he's even more suspicious of Roe and it gets super tense. Um, and so, um, and so I think then from where, um, you know, Picard keeps like just um, hitting her with personal questions. Um, she kind of, she kind of what's the best phrase? She, she's like sidestepping everything. Yeah, sidestepping. And and that's that's where I'm going. And then she decides she wants to go see the changing remains they have on board. Um, and um, and so as they're heading that way, she pulls a phaser on him and tells him to head to the holodeck. Yeah, that's, which is still set up like ten forward. Yeah, me when she did that, I was like, "This is a changeling." Has to be a changeling. Did she? Okay. Um, see, I thought maybe she thought he was a changeling. Okay. You know, because I mean, at this point, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, despite having a phaser train on him, Picard slides behind the bar and offers to make her a drink, which is a reason himself. He turns off the safeties and has a perfect replica of Tim Ford, including the phaser that Gaiden has stashed behind it. So, um, because that's that's why he turned off the safeties, yeah. knowing that it's a perfectly replicated Tim Ford, 
meaning there's a phaser there. So you have to turn the safeties off to make the phaser deadly. So, um, which is pretty cool. And, um, and so um, then they turn up music, you know, it's basically like, Hey, we're hiding the fact the walls are thin here. You know, they basically have this heart to heart moment where they express, express what they went through and how they broke each other's hearts and they um, lower their weapons and they realize that both of them are on the same team. Um, and Roe admits that Starfleet has been compromised all the way to the highest levels. And despite um, everything that's happened between them, she asked Picard to trust her again. Mm-hmm. And she explains that she's been investigating what appears to be a widespread changing plot. Though every time she gets close to finding answers, she's locked out. And for months, there's been fleet-wide issues which have been covered up, and she's convinced that something's going to happen on Frontier Day when all the fleets, when all the fleet is present. Um, despite the grandeur of the event and all hands of nature, she's found herself largely locked out of planning, even though she is in Starfleet intelligence. Even to believe the chances are behind it, she also tells Picard that she began hearing Jack's name on intelligence chatter for months. Someone wants something from him, and it's all connected. So, um, you know, of course, Jack is try to keep a little profile. Um, but we see he's in the transport room, but he has another fantasy. Yeah. Um, where he kills people and he hears the voices and the, the, the eyes go red again on the teleporter and, you know, come find me, connect us. Do you hear me? It's all very ominous stuff, especially with the glowing red eyes that we see. Mm-hmm. And then finally on the other side of the galaxy, we see Rafi and Rafi trading on the La Serena. Um, and he wants to find out what the Changes stole from Daystrom, but their investigation is coming up short for two reasons. Snee was their only lead, and Worf has to kill him to save Robbie's neck, and they can't pursue that lead anymore. And our Starfleet continue to deny them access. His so, handler denies them access. Well, he says someone above his handler. Oh, so, man. but he does figure out because he says, you know, this is, this is obviously someone above my handler because they tell us to to deny, but to keep pursuit, find another way. So, mm-hmm. you know, they said idea of obviously someone above his handler is telling him not to do it, but then they tell him to keep going, you know. Um, and so Worf produces their only remaining lead is a criminal by the name of Kryn, who worked alongside Sneen, who facilitated like high-end break-ins and tech and mm-hmm. things along those lines. And so they go back to District 6, and they realize something is amiss. Everyone is running and hiding and clearing out the streets. That's when Worf says, it appears we are the alphas now, <laughs> you know. Um, and Rafi is like, hey, look, you know what we're here for? We're looking for Kryn. And um, Kryn shows up, and he's mad that that he's killed his brother. And he's like, um, um, you're a Vulcan, and he was a Ferengi. You were not brothers. And they talk about how they lived on the streets in District 7 and scavenging together, and they protected each other's back. Mm-hmm. And um, it looks like uh, Worf and them were prepared for them. But um, in uh, it's a it's a moment where like he shoots Rafi and he goes, "Did you not think I would recognize a mobile emitter?" And <laughs> you know, if if there was something on her arm, like I mean, if you watched, if you were paying attention from the very beginning, you could see that. And so he shoots Rafi, and she was um, a what do you what do you want to call it for lack of a better phrase? She was a hologram, hologram. but she was in another place. With a rifle, sniper rifle pointed at uh, Kryn. And then they have somebody pop up and tap her on the shoulder, like, 
like that. And they bring her down. And he talks about, you know, how Klingons don't disappoint, that, that they've had a little, they, like, he says, well, first, like the line says, it was logical that you would prepare for me. So logically dictates that I prepare for you. By the way, can I say, Kirk Acevedo, who plays Kren, yes, what a job as a Vulcan. Oh, man, such a great job. Really, he's, and he's a great actor, too. If you ever watch Arrow, he played uh, Ricardo Diaz, one of the villains in Arrow. Mm. Very good I knew villain. he looked familiar. I couldn't play Very, him. yeah, very, I'm, very good villain. Yeah, no, he, he like... And then she's like, I can't believe a Vulcan would be so stupid to become a criminal. And he goes, uh, look, his, look, he logically way to be a gangster. As he's wearing the big gold chain with the IDIC on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, 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 two, like uh, T-Pain, you know. Um, and he goes, uh, something about utopia and utopia requires organized crime. So Air Force, no, requires crime. So Air Force, organized crime is logical. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's just like... Bro, did you just locked your way to organized crime and being a gangster? Like, yeah, what the hell? Cool. All He's right. Him, yeah. And so uh, basically he says, uh, some of my people say in 30 seconds, the Klingon will kill the human. And then the other way around, uh, the human will kill the Klingon. Let's, you know, fight to the death. And uh, we see that they fight to the death. Uh, Worf and Rafi are fighting and... Um, he like Rafi does this really cool move where he's there and he's got his side open and she drops the knife to the other hand and stabs him. Mm-hmm. And Worf, like, she's like, I, you know, I'm sorry. And he's like, you know, the sacrifices I had made. And he said all this thing. And he says the line, Today was a good day to die. Like, you are a warrior and this is an honorable death. Today was a good day to die. And he kills over dies. Um, and so, um, drags off and, and uh, Kryn is like, Ugh, Klingon blood, get him out of here. Like the way mm-hmm. he says it, like so disgustingly. And then the next thing we know, lights start going out, and Worf is taking everybody out, and boop, there he is. There He's he is. back. Um, he said, I learned the Kalos uh maneuver of stopping my heart to re- never mind, let's just get to the interrogation because I have lost a considerable amount of blood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Robbie's like, I didn't how are you big guy? I didn't he goes, I have lost a considerable amount of blood. So <laughs> like uh and so the they find out that Kryn was the one who orchestrated the break-in at the Daystrom, and he reveals that his a flaw by a logical AI system, and he found a device that exploits the flaws, and without this device, no one can get into the Daystrom undetected, and he gives them the device so they can continue their action, because it would be the most logical course of yeah, action. It is the most logical course of action. So a uh, very cool moment there. And then on the Titan, we come back to the Titan, um, Rowan forms a car that her plan is to leave then with a skeleton crew and hopefully non-changing crew members and tells them they're going to have to run um, yeah. before they part ways the most tearful goodbye Rowan leaves Picard with an earring that had been such a hot topic throughout the episode before he recognizes the peril they must be in and Picard goes straight to Shaw informing them they're going to have to run away because things are much worse than they could have imagined and Shaw's like what are you talking about Ron we... yeah and then and then we get the scene where Ooh. Uh, so Rose aboard. So Ro, so Rose aboard the shuttle with the two security officers. Which she explains that she doesn't trust the transporters because of the changelings. Because mm-hmm. you can make accidents happen easily with transporters. That's why she brought the shuttle. Oh. Yeah. So she had said that earlier. Yeah. So, but then come to find out, the two security officers with her were changelings. Right. 
they plant a bomb on the shuttle and they they transport out of there and Roe is left there. Yeah. And, and Roe realizes that it's a bomb. Yeah. That she really can't do anything. And they try to and you know, they, they you know the Titan, they try to beam her aboard, they can't. There's a there's a there's a inhibitor mm-hmm. there and um she makes the ultimate sacrifice. Well, yeah, because she, she, the Titan, the Intrepid scrambled her to say no. Like, so she couldn't talk to the, the Intrepid. So then she, the, she, the Titan, she gets a hail from the Titan, explains what's happening. And they tell her, you got to come back and we can get you beamed off. And instead of that, she says, like, I don't have time. And so instead, she does what she said she was going to do when she left was, I'm going to go buy you some time so that you can run. Well, she gives her life. To do that, as the ship shuttle gets ready to explode, she goes for the port nacelle. Yeah, the port. Nacelle. I believe um, she she wants to give him a fighting chance, and she um, so she I think she, the bomb goes off and in um, in the port nacelle and destroys it. But at that time, the intrepid in space on fire it. Picks shields come up and comes back, yeah. and it's like Crazy. we're gonna fight, and and it's like whoa, we're gonna be they're gonna be framed for attacking the intrepid. The Titan will be, um, and so um, and anyone uh, seven reminds them like you know Shaw tries to bring up the fact that you know something about their crew is like well we have a skeleton crew and if we attack them we're gonna be attacking our own crew. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, uh, Riker pleads with Shaw to trust him and trust if he can't trust him, trust what he's just seen. And so, Shaw informs their mini crew aboard the ship that the ship has been compromised. They say, We're going into protocol seven, similar dash alpha, and uh, puts people in specific places. Mm-hmm. And they go on red alert and they're warp, you know, picking up the warp drive to find a way to get home or go somewhere to run. Because the Intrepid can't follow, obviously it's 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 lost a port nacelle, and it's on fire in space. But boy, when that ship came back up, you know, that was, it, that was, it was that cool. was sick. That was it was sick. cool, and it I'm not like gonna lie, angry, that was pretty sick. It looked like an angry man in space. It yeah, really it looked did. like you mother effer. I'm gonna yeah. take care of this. Yeah. So, uh, so as as the message that Shaw it does about the Titan of what they need to do, the changing security officers um, who had changed. Uh, into officers who are on the Titan. They track down Jack, and they're joined by another set. Of, so there's four of them. And it seems like Jack is about to be captured because they say we've got, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to teleport you out of here. Um, <laughs> like, the like Jack goes ham on these guys. Dude, he like, goes like Jason Bourne on them. Yes. Kills yeah. them. Uh, and it's like with like almost superhuman-like strength and ability yeah. and agility. He they get the phaser and he shoots them and da 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 and um you know um and then this time he sees the door appears to be right in the, the end of the corridor it vanishes and like Jack's like wondering what he did um you know it, it, it's it, it throws him off because you know again he thought he's killing you know Starfleet officers but it's changelings and the Titan goes to warp before the Intrepid can attack them. Um, Picard and Riker have a heart to heart about Roe, and he didn't realize how much it would affect seeing her, and that he, you know, 
And like he says before, I do see you. I'm just sorry it was too late before she dies. And um, because it was complex. And Riker before said that was 30 years ago. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Riker was trying to be the go-between. Um, and Picard was like, she left me with the ring. I don't understand. And Riker's like, ah, old spycraft. And there's a data chip. And he yeah. opens up all the information that she's been working on. And as they're doing that, all of a sudden a communication comes in. And hey, we see where our our two points are coming together yeah. because it's Worf on the other end. And, uh, you know, uh, and he says, well, where's Commander uh, Rowe? And that's when they kind of, you know, they don't say it, but they give the face to infer that they're going to tell him that Rowe died. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then we see Sick Bay Shaw commends Jack for being able to take out four changes yeah, all Shaw's by himself. Like- Good like, shooting, kid. Hell of a shooting, kid. Yeah. Hell of a shooting, kid. Yeah. Um, uh, which is the nice first nice thing Shaw has said to Jack since he's been on board. Um, and Beverly recognizes there's something wrong with him and that she needs a moment alone. And she talks about sleeping. And um, when he was a boy, he was too afraid to sleep because of the nightmares he was having. I see. Um, and she asked him how he knew that the officers he killed were changing. And with tears streaming down his cheeks, he, he says he didn't know. Um, and he says, there's something very wrong with me. And that's how the episode ends. Um, yeah. So, so basically we, this is episode five. So we're at the midway point. We're at the midway. Yeah. We're at the midway point. Still no enterprise. Still no enterprise. Dude, you're so, you're so, you're so bummed. There's no enterprise. Am I, am I a little pissed? I might be a little pissed. Yeah, you were a little pissed. I can tell. I might be a little pissed. You know, did I like the design of the Intrepid? Hell yes, I did. I thought it was a super cool ship. I thought, yeah, you know, I mean, do I still like the Neo Constitution? It's okay. It's not my favorite. I like the Intrepid design a little bit better. I'm going to say that right now. But I did like how when they walked into the main boardroom, they had the different versions of the Titan. They had the Constitution yeah. class Titan. They had the original Riker Titan and the Neo Constitution mm-hmm. Titan right there. I thought that was super cool. Um, you know, so that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Like, whew, such a good, a good episode. episode. Such a good episode. Like, you know, I mean, the Rafi Wharf storyline, all mm-hmm. that was super cool. And then everything else that you moved forward with this was just neat. Um, the Rolaren surprise was super awesome. Mm-hmm. That was a Russo twist that was not expected. That was definitely a, a Russo swerve right there. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, such, such a good episode, um, you know, and I mean, we're at the midway point, like, my God, it's been, they've, we've said that this is the best one that we've seen and they just keep on raising the bar. Mm -hmm. The bar just keeps getting raised. And I don't like, I have no idea what they're we still haven't seen Moriarty. We still don't know what's Breastbinder's character is. Lore. Whether lore. We haven't seen the Enterprise F. We haven't seen Jordy. That's still to come. Mm-hmm. And obviously we still have the story with um, the tie-in Shaw, Seven, Jack. We still have that. Mm-hmm. We still have that story going on. So there are so many things going on in this Venn diagram. Was when is everything going? When everything meets in the middle, it's going to be like awesome. A I mean, perfect it, cake. It's, yeah, it's perfect be, cake. Yeah. So yeah. I'm interested to see it. I'm look. I'm here yeah. for it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll say this: the, the writing 
the writers have really hit their strides mm-hmm. with everything that they've done. And uh, it just took them a while. You know, I, I really wish they would have came like this out of the gates in Picard season one and in Picard season two. I really wish they really could have done that. Yeah, but I don't think you could have. You could, this story has to be the last story of Picard, whatever I, I, you do. I, I understand it would be the last story, but the way the show has been, the way the show has been written, the storylines in it, you don't have to have the original. You could have done this in the first couple seasons. True, but I think that's the issue is how do we how do we tell the story of Picard where we jumped so many years? Yeah. And, you know, he's not an active admiral. He's old. You know what I mean? How how do we tell that story? Yeah. I think that's the hard part is you're trying to tell a story of him in the what we consider the modern time for him at verse age and everything along those lines. Whereas with this, you're able to beautifully orchestrate things from TNG and even Deep Space Nine and other parts yeah. into this story to give it a good TNG send off. Mm-hmm. You know, because you were specifically not bringing in a bunch of TNG characters in Picard season one and two. I mean, Riker was the only one. Riker and Deanna were the only ones that were, you know, really introduced. I mean, you had Brett Spiner as Data and then later, but not, you know, the Data character is dead. And so Brett Spiner still is involved in those ways. But you're trying to tell that story, and this is where, this is what people wanted from this series from the beginning. They wanted that TNG bring back nostalgia, but you could have only done so much of it, which is why this season works. It is so easy, I feel like, to put together and tell because it's that idea of we're getting the band back together for one last been, adventure. But they could have done, but they could have had the band through season one, season two, and had this be the last season of the band, though. But remember the great Hamin saying, less is more, right? Okay, yeah. I mean, you're right. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Like that's what makes this season five steps ahead of every of the other two seasons. I got it, but then, but then me as a fan, after watching the first two seasons of Picard, you know, I feel like I got cheated. You know, so that's, see, I don't. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like that. Okay, I, then I'm good with this. This is okay. this is how it goes. This is how it is. I'm, I'm getting a okay. badass wharf. I'm getting, but interacting with Rafi, which has been a great interaction with yeah, those two yeah. interaction. You got Riker and Picard. Working as Butch and Sundance, you know, uh-huh. you, with the introduction yeah. of Shaw, Seven is that bridge between all of them, you know. I mean, so you're getting these connector pieces of all the different series in this one, as well as you know your original cast coming together. Yeah. So I mean, to me, that's what makes this so good. Is there's that aspect of it, and as Beverly said in episode one or two, that's a Jean Luc Picard. You know, ship with a John Luke Picard villain behind it. Yeah, and, and we know that. Like, and here's the here's the crazy part: that ship and that person running that ship, they're low on the totem pole of what is going to be happening villain wise. Yeah, so who like, is who is that major villain? That's mm, that's what I can't wait for. You know, I, look, look, that's the best part, man. Is like, yeah, I know, oh, yeah, that that is. You know, they haven't um, they haven't stooged it off. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's oh, it's like that's the whole it's bit good. I really like about it. Um, yeah, you know what? You know what? It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I, I got out of Repente at, at the right time, didn't I? <laughs> yes, you did, man. I got out at the right time. Yes, you did. You so, got out of, 
yeah. ripping it at the right time. So so we'll we'll conclude saying that episodes four and five, I mean, blew our minds. Yeah. They're just outstanding storytelling. Um, episode five basically finished a story that was open for 30 years. A story that a lot of fans were clamoring what happened to Roe. Mm-hmm. And Michelle Forbes coming back as Roe Aaron, I mean, it was just, it was, to me, that was, it was a Russo swerve. We never would have expected Roe Aaron to be in Picard, and especially the part that she was in as Starfleet mm-hmm. Intelligence. Yeah. So, and just beautifully done with everything. Uh, do you, do you have anything else to add in, John, about episodes four and five? I, I thought they were very well done. I like, like you said, with, with Roe, I really appreciated the idea um, um, that they were, like she said, they brought her in to be a um, a part of the, what would you call it, a terrorist task force, you know, like, or for Starfleet Intelligence because of her experience. Um but she had to work to get back, like, like just that telling of that story. Mm-hmm. But you didn't like, you didn't spend forty five minutes of her talking about it. No, you know, um, it you, you you spent the right amount of time needed, you know, to take care of that. You mm-hmm. know, you you spent the right amount of time to discuss that. So I I really liked, I, I just liked the pacing of the of the stories. I like how they're telling the stories. They're not um, they're not like trying to rush things. They're not, but they're not like trying to extend things either. They're not, yeah, you know, telling like, oh, let's let's just uh let's do this. Let's uh you know spend 45 minutes exposition to explain this character. So nope. like what they did in season two of Picard. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's all yeah. right, we got it. We're clear. Yeah. We move forward. We got yeah, it. We're clear. clear. We move forward. So uh, I, I looked at it. Look again. This is that idea. Uh, I really like the idea that they are showing. Um, they're 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 taking their time with the big bad. They're taking their time with with not showing Jordy just yet, knowing that his other daughter is with him. You know, as an engineer, mm-hmm. I like I like these aspects of the, of the story that they're telling. Because, like, like, like I said, less is more. Mm-hmm. You know, except for when it comes to Worf, more is more. Yeah, you, you know? want more Worf. We, want, I, I want more Worf. I just like Mr. Wolf. <laughs> Mr. Wolf. What's on a Troy? Yeah, but like, oh my gosh, like, you know, just his look and style. Like that was one thing. Like I hadn't ta- told Brittany anything, and so she's like, she texts me like, I just told her that Worf comes in like a wrecking ball, and mm-hmm. then like, you know. She was like, "Oh my God!" Episode three, when he's calling Rafi out for the hood, and she says, "Well, you're in Klingon battle armor." He goes, "This is casual wear, yeah." You know? And she's like, "What do you wear that on Tuesdays for the beheadings?" And then she goes, "At the end of everything, she just texts me. <laughs> she just texts me Wednesdays for the beheadings." Like such great straight man, like Michael it's Dorn, a, yeah, knows the character so well to play it. Such a straight man, yeah. Uh, it was like. Look, uh, was I a little bummed that I didn't see any Worf in episode four? A little bit. A little bit. But, again, it was such a good episode and very mm-hmm. well done that I didn't... I, I'm not mad at it. Like, And here's the crazy part. Like, 
if we're going to rank the five episodes so far, four is the weakest, but it's the strongest one. Like, no, like no other, very few episodes in any other ones are, would be as strong as that episode. Like, mm-hmm. it was still a good episode. Yeah. I mean, I just, you just got to pick a weak episode, and that of all the four was the weakest, I feel like, but not in a bad way because they've all been super good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's so far, every episode gets an A plus from me. Yeah, me too. You know, I six, mean, six stars. Yeah, you know, this is not like me talking and then, you know, uh, no, this is like legit, genuine. Because I mean, but last year when we talked Discovery, I gave Discovery shit. Oh, know, so I, did I. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, we don't hold back. No. This is a genuine, and I think, I think because so much of the nostalgia is there for this show as well, but there's still a moving forward in the it's, plot. We're not, we're not, you know. Dwelling in the past, kind of especially thing. the ending credits, when you hear the first contact mm-hmm. slowly, and then you go into dun 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 dun. You just, to me, when I hear that, John, it's like tears of joy mm. because it's great. It's it's just, it, it makes me excited. Like it makes me want to go out and join stuff. It makes me want to go and join space. It, it, it gets you pumped up to, for Star Trek. And um, Kurtzman has done a – he's done no – I mean, and we've been hard on Kurtzman, too, when mm-hmm. he's messed up. Yeah, and like been, not making Lance a Klingon, son exactly. of a bitch. And for the way Discovery Season 4 was. Mm-hmm. But what he's done with Season 3 of Picard, Strange New Worlds, Lord Dex – Prodigy to to you know and Prodigy as well, and uh, it's just going to be amazing. I me, I am looking forward to season five of Discovery. Yeah, I'm chomping at the bit. I can't wait. Well, just from the trailers I've seen, it looks brighter. It looks more. I haven't. I haven't seen the trailers. Where are the oh, really? trailers on YouTube? Yeah, you can go look up. You know, okay, Discovery I'll be looking season five. Like, there's I, a scene with with Burnham like riding what you know her version of a motorcycle, and you just see this giant grin on her face as she's like power sliding this motorcycle. Like, that's awesome because I, yeah. I, I to I, a lot of fans they they shit on Burnham. I I love Burnham. I think Burnham's a great character. Yeah, no, I I do. And, I I think so. As well. I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen in season five, because I'm looking at what the writers are doing for Picard. Just imagine what the writers are going to do with discovery and and then strange new worlds. Yeah. And then lower decks. Mm -hmm. I mean, Holy cow. Yeah. Kudos, kudos, kudos to the writing staff. Kudos to Kurtzman, the, the executive producer and you know, Hey, let's keep this, you know, Let's do you want to train going, want, baby? Do you want Do you want me to share my screen and we watch the season five trailer? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Here, let me go to this share screen. Uh, this, this is and guys, this is the reason why you should watch it live on on Facebook. Greatest treasure in the known galaxy is out there. What are you waiting for? Let's fly.
Hell yeah. Right? Hell yeah. I, right. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to that. That looks that yeah. good. So here's the other thing. They had a – um, uh, let's see. Where is it? So that yeah, so that was it. Yeah, that was that was the thing. It was, dude. I'm. It looks fun. Yeah, it looks fun. Yeah, it, it, looks, it fun. looks. It looks good. You know, it's a treasure hunt. Yeah, it's a treasure like, hunt. You is, know. Yeah. You have you have uh, Kovic saying it's the greatest treasure out there. You go get it. Hell yeah, let's fly. You know what I mean? Like, fly, yeah. yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to see that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so that's that's going to be season five, which you know, I'm looking forward to it. You know, to say the least, you could only go up from where you went with season four. Yeah, it's only, yeah. only one way to go. You know, and I mean, whereas with with uh, with Picard this season, I mean, just with the characters alone, I think it was going to be good. But I did not expect to enjoy the I season as much as I did have. not expect it either, John. You know, like, so mean, like we went in. I mean, we went in with open minds. We're like, it was. I said, listen. If it's if it's anything like the last two or three episodes of last season, then it's going to be a good season. They've blown the last three episodes of last season out of the water. So they've blown the last two seasons out of the water. Yeah, I mean, just these five episodes. Yeah, and let's be honest. Let's be honest. We're going to be honest here for a second. I mean, honestly, this is like they had to follow Strange New Worlds. Yeah, which which I mean, That's set a, a precedent. Follow. Set a precedent for. A really good Star Trek series. Yeah. You know, really good Star Trek series. And so because of that, boy, you you better and this is gonna be the final season of Picard. You better not shit the bed on this one. No, and they have not shit the bed on this. Mm-mm. No. So I mean all right. So we're yeah. we're we're five, we're five, and we're halfway in. All right. Um mid I guess this is our midterm report card here. Um, how are you feeling so far? For the five episodes in, with all five looking at them as a bigger picture, uh, and then what are you hoping for on the back half of the five? Like, what what what's something you really want to see? Okay, so the first five, my grade, mm-hmm. what I thought, a plus. I mean, I mean, these are this is some of the greatest storytelling, not just in modern Star Trek, but kind of in Star Trek this mm-hmm. season. Great storytelling. You have great nostalgia. You have a callback to a villain that was unstoppable in 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 the Star Trek series that's considered one of the greatest Star Trek series in Deep Space Nine, and you're calling back to that villain, which is great. I, I mean, I mean, what, what I mean, we've said it. These first five episodes, they blew seasons one and two out of the water. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this, I mean, this has been awesome. This has been. The Star Trek that we wanted to see, the relationship with Picard and Riker and everything, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfection. What yeah. I'm looking for in the next five episodes is the Enterprise F, who the main villain is, Moriarty. Is it going to be Moriarty? Is it going to be Lore? What was stolen from Daystrom? And, uh, when the whole band gets back together again, the interactions between them, between mm-hmm. Worf, between Troy, LaForge, Picard, and is Shaw going to be a part of that? I mean, like, what's mm-hmm. Shaw going to say? What's Shaw going to do next? The Seven and Shaw relationship. It, you know, I mean, there's just, and then what is Jack Crusher? What mm-hmm. is that, 
nightmare that he's having. Mm-hmm. What is the red door? What are those tentacles? What does that all mean? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for that because I am yeah. so pumped. Yeah. I, and I don't disagree with any of those things with you at all. Like I think those are all the things that we're looking forward to. They, you've left a lot of questions. I did see this. Um, the la- episode 10 will air on 420. 420. That would be a good day. That'll be five days. Yeah. Five days I, after. Five days after. I'm done with my uh, I'm done with Ruripente after five days. Hey, so look, I mean that's it, that'll It'll be, be nice a really good day. For me. Yeah, it'll be an excellent day. But like look, that's the thing. It's like um you got that, you know, because I, I looked ahead at like on um, my streaming thing that I can watch and they list out when all the episodes are gonna be released and yeah, it shows that the last one will be released on. Um, yeah, four twenty. But can I say that four twenty? That's gonna come up quick. Yeah, I mean we're 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 it's it's three eighteen today. Yeah, it's, but it's a month. Yeah, it's, it's a, a month. month and two days, it's and we've got five it's, episodes. It's, yeah, it's a month and two days, so it's gonna come quick. And when it does, I'm with. The, there's gonna be like, it's over. But then there's gonna be a part of me where it's like. This sucks because we're never going to see these characters again. Yeah, or so, I mean, if we not not in an extended role like that, not in an extended role that that they're yeah, yeah. So you know, hey, you know, so I, so your grace and grace mine a plus for mm-hmm. for so. Well, I mean, I've I've a plus every episode, so yeah. you can't you can't like so yeah. Mid midterm report card is midterm report card is a so, plus yeah. because he, every if every episode has gotten an a plus, you know, yeah. you can't you know. Yeah, it, it's going to be a plus or a support. And everything you said you're looking forward to, I mean, especially the F for me, I think it'll be really cool to see that. Yeah, thing I just, I just want to see what Enterprise, because you got to have the Enterprise right. in this. So, yeah. are we going to see it on, you know, um, what is it, first content? No, what, what, are we going to see that on Frontier Day where we're going to see the Enterprise right. F? Are they going to wait till then or are they going to unveil it before that? Well, because remember, that's the question, because Roe talked about how all the fleet's going to be on display for Frontier Day. Exactly. Right? So that would make logical sense that, that we would, would see the yeah, F that day, or maybe the E. I don't e, know. Yeah. Could it be the E? I'm, I would more likely, thinking at that point, it would be the F. Yeah. I see. Because the E is Sovereign class, and the Titan was a takeoff of that Sovereign class design. And so, if the Titan has already moved to that Neo Constitution class, I think, I think, I think what they're gonna do for the Enterprise F, I, I don't think they're gonna use that. You know how they use it like in the Star Trek games, that ship model. I think it's, I think it's gonna be a different ship model. I think mm. what I might you already own it. I think, I think just use it. Well, they own it, but you know the me. But then it breaks your. It breaks your game canon, which has been established as canon for. I get it. I, I get it. But I mean, they broke the literature canon. They've broken TV canon. They've broken movie canon. So they don't care about breaking canon. So personally, me, what I think that they're going to do is it's going to be it's going to be a new it's going to be a, a new Constitution class ship, but it's going to be more. I think it's going to be more like the 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 Enterprise. A refit from the or the Enterprise refit from the motion picture. 
That's what I think it's going to – that's my mm. prediction. But, of course, okay. no, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So that's what I think that, that, that that's going to be. And if, and if it is that, then you will hear me mark out all the way down in Texas. Yeah. For, for mm. that. You will hear me shriek. No, like, I mean, it, like it's going to be great. But, be fun. But, but, but to me, you're, you're right. It's probably going to be that model from the game because they own that. They don't have to pay a graphic designer or pay an artist to do a rendition of that. They own that already. So you can save money that way. But I don't know. Who knows? We'll have to find out in the next five episodes, won't we? Yeah. So. I mean, uh, but that's that's the fun part is the anticipation. So here's my next question for you before we wrap it up. Do you prefer the episode at a time and waiting, or do you prefer the binging where you, everything drops at once? Episode at a time. Yeah. Episode at a time. Yeah. I find I'm not nearly as engaged if I have to binge an episode yeah, exactly. versus watching it and then being able to. Yeah, I am a lot more engaged with an episode at a time. Like right now, it's like the Blacklist. The black new season of the Blacklist is on. Me and my girlfriend watch it every Sunday night. Mm. So, and it's it's good because when you binge something, you kind of it kind of you it kind of all runs together, and you don't remember the memorable parts from episodes. Mm. But when you watch a single, you, when you watch a single episode every single week, you get a chance to fully digest it more. You get a chance mm. to think about it before the next episode drops. So you remember those plot, those storylines, and everything a lot better than if you just binge it. Because when you're binging it, you're like, you watch it, and then you're like, okay, let me go to the next one, and you forget about what happened, mm. unless you unless you do a recap of it, you know, because you're just because your mind is you're just thinking about the next one and the next one and the next one next one when i started watching the blacklist from the beginning on netflix and i was binging them there come times where i would remember some of the stuff but because i was just binging them i had so much information at a time they had some callbacks that i didn't remember i had to go back and have to rewatch that had i been watching it one episode at a time you you get a chance to look into those. You have a better chance of seeing those mm-hmm. and remembering those, you know? So I don't know. That's, that's just me. You might be different, John people, you know, people might be different on that one. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, and I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we like what we like and we do, mm-hmm. um, you know, we do what makes us happy. So that's yeah. that's all you can do. And and that's, the, I think, the good part is we can have different opinions. We can have different views on how things work. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, I just, I I, I feel like, you know, this, this is going to be, this is going to be a great tribute to TNG. And, yeah. and, and, and I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. And then for that reason alone, and that's all we need to do. You know, you, you can have opinions on how things work. Like, you know, I know somebody might say, um, like in the hot, in the hot wiring scene where he said, she, you know, she, seven knew she, like she called her commander seven because that's her preferred, you know, and some people are like, well, that's, that's like a reference to LGBTQ plus and, you know, calling someone by their preferred name and not their dead name or I'm like, Okay, I guess. I mean, I don't, you know, not no, everything. No, it's just, it's just, it's just, Shaw doesn't like the Borg. 
Out of, the, and, you know, out of respect, mm-hmm. yeah, it had nothing to do with that. I know yeah. I'm just I'm just saying sometimes people can infer infer yeah. you know different things be based off of well this is what this means no. or, it, or no. just the fact that Shaw hates board. Shaw hates yeah. the board. That's the reason yeah. why. And because of Wolf three five nine, and so doesn't want to call her seven because that invokes the PTSD of Wolf three five nine, and so calls her Commander Hansen. Uh, I mean, you know, is there? Don't... Yeah, there's. That's why. And yeah. then people are like, well, so why did he choose seven as his as his XO? Because seven was probably the best one out there, so he mm-hmm. had no choice. Yeah, you know. Yeah, sometimes you're well. Sometimes you don't pick your XO. Yeah, exactly. Riker right. was assigned to Picard, and he so was Spock, really... and, yeah. and Spock was assigned to Kirk. Yeah, I mean, they interviewed him, but like they were assigned. Like this is going to be your. Um, Executive you know, officer, you know. I don't know. I don't know. It just you know, like, hey, look, you're you you're gonna have to. People are always gonna buy, you know, or or put yeah. in and infer what they want. Yeah, you know, and when sometimes it's just the simple thing of, you know, he just doesn't like the Borg and he doesn't yeah. like caller seven of nine. Yeah, that's it. There's yeah. there's there's there's. Unless here's the thing, unless the actor himself says that's unless the actor goes, that's what the writers were going for, then okay, then that's what the writers are going for. Mm-hmm. But if the actor or the writers aren't saying that, then listen, it's your right to infer whatever you want to infer, but guess what? Don't say that's the reason why, because it's mm-hmm. probably not. The reason is because he doesn't like the board. You're right, gives him PTSD. We kind of saw that. That's it. Plain and mm-hmm. simple. Simple answer. Simplicity. Simplicity is the best. And everyone likes to make a big deal of everything, John. Yeah. Obviously, as we see, you know, so. And, yeah. and besides, besides, there hasn't been any, like, I don't know. I mean, there hasn't been any, like, really virtue signaling or anything in Picard. I haven't noticed it. And if they have, they've done it in a way that's that's very minuscule that I I couldn't tell. I can't tell. Mm. You know, and and even and even if they do do that, okay, fine, you did it. Now, give me a good reason why you did it. Make it interesting. Okay, then then you got me. You know, that's it. Plain and simple. Mm. So. Mm. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Pronouns, pal. Pronouns. Pronouns, but you know what else requires pronouns? Your show that uh, the road to uh, immortality for immortal yes. wrestling, and uh, that you can get tip it, tickets at at the Dip and Donuts on Black River Boulevard mm-hmm. and on Erie Boulevard. You can yes, get tickets for that there shit. because I mean, just posted a tweet on Twitter with him and Kayla, and there's a heart right between them because they're all both on the poster for Immortal. And it says, "Kiss hashtag Kiss Me Kayla XOXO." Uh, uh, look, I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> it just cracks me up knowing. I mean, you know how I mean he's he's just gonna he's he's just gonna yeah. If there's something, he's just gonna get right into it. And yeah, he zoomed gonna... in on the poster and then has because their heads are kind of close to each other and has the hearts like right there next to it. It, it cracks me up. So then I went and clicked on the official post and poster. Oh, 
Yeah. And saw the poster, and so I was like, "Well, oh, yeah. oh, look, so there's it, different donuts. Let me let me tell people." Yeah, if you live. So, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be a good show. The whole yeah. the second half of the show is gonna be basically a thirty man like Royal Rumble. So, oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be good. I'm gonna have fun, and that's gonna be the first show I'm gonna be back doing commentary. So, mm-hmm. all right. And, and you bet your bottomless I'm showing up in a fine custom Jack Victor suit from 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 Batulo. So, can't wait for that. Uh, that'll be fun. It's gonna be so, a lot of fun. So yeah, so they, so yeah, that's that's the that's the uh, the April 29th at the Kitty Arena, Arena, 500 West Embargo Street in Rome. And Doors Rome open at 6 p.m. Show starts at 6:45. No hour. If you show up an hour after six, you're gonna be 15 minutes late to the show. You listen. Marks. This is the show always starts late anyway, so so it's okay. <laughs> Mike, yeah. Mike always gives the guys extra time at the merch tables okay. because the, the guys, the guys and the girls. Got to make money. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 No, my dad was. So I was showed him the most recent one when Hami was doing the five dollar, where he's calling them morons. Like, yeah, he calls everybody morons and idiots. Morons. And and then um, he's what else did he say? Uh, oh, he was telling the the announcer guy to shut up. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. shut it, shut up, you shut up. I'm talking right now. Yeah. So it, it was uh, super funny. The, funny. the best thing is when he was doing, he was doing a promo for. Uh, it was a it was a UPW it was a Upstate Pro Wrestling it's in Rochester, and he goes, "I'm going back to the UPW, to Rochester, the home of all the child molesters." Okay, <laughs> I just I'm like what I'm like the Rochester, New York, with all the child molesters. I'm just like, oh my god, yeah, dude. He's uh, he when it comes to improvising and making the best out of any situation. There's nobody better than the Ayatollah bin Hamim. Hmm. So, oh, God. And, and on that note, John, you think we should do track wrecks, John? Uh, it's probably a good idea. You know, yeah, maybe. it's a good idea. Maybe. maybe. Uh, so, two hours yeah. and 12 minutes into it, we should probably yeah. start wrapping it up, baby. Yeah, yeah but it, I'm, I'm having fun talking yeah, to so my buddy, I, too, man. So. Um, All right, so let's go ahead and play our wonderful track wreck music right here. My turn so i was racking my brains like what else what am i gonna do for track wrecks because i've done literature i've done like the comics i've done the books i've done paramount plus i've done all kinds of crazy stuff i used to I, and i've done a couple youtube channels but i forgot about this one youtube channel that i love and it's called hike animation hike, now, what he does, h-i-h-i-k-e hike animation but what he does is he'll take like scenes from movies and he'll put the music to it. So mm. one of the scenes that he's done is he's done something called a space opera where it took uh, basically the motion picture. It took the Enterprise, you know, Kirk's on to the Enterprise, but it didn't include any of the audio, though, of Kirk talking to Spotty. It was just the song and the scenes of the ship and you see it. And then so it plays it, and then. The shawl goes in there, and then when then when the Enterprise leaves space dock, there's another song called the Enterprise leaves space dock, and 
So you go over there, and then all of a sudden it shows Kirk and Bones. Obviously, I think it was taken from like Star Trek Two or Star Trek Three, mm. walking onto the bridge of the Enterprise. Then you hear like the music come on, and you and they're getting ready to leave space dock. So, and he's he's done he's done it with Star Trek Six, the the battle for peace, mm. you know, for Kittimer. That one he did include the audio too to it. And still to me, when I watch that scene of Kirk getting up and screaming fire, the hair on the mm. back of my neck, it stands up. I get I get goosebumps. Yeah. You know, so so guys, check it out. Hike animation. I mean, good stuff. I love it. You know, and he does Star Trek from everything. Deep Space Nine, original series, the movies. He he does not discriminate. So mm. so, so yeah. that's my track record for this week. Hike animation. Hike animation. All right. So, you know, uh, go check that out, guys. Triple D doesn't give you really weak ass recommendations. He gives you no. good stuff uh, when it comes to recommendations. I bring it. I, I bring it every. I bring it every track wreck, baby. Yeah, every track wreck. I bring it. it. I don't. I don't. I don't mess around. I bring it. Yeah. You know. I so you know. Go go check that out. Um, if you if you want to, you can always check out myself. On the internets at Men down there. You can see my little thingy zooming in. If you're not uh, on watching live right now, then I don't know why you're not. Because you missed seeing a trailer. You missed seeing my lovely quaff beard and, and everything along those lines. That makes Triple you D missed, jealous. You, you missed the pain in my room. This yes. blue here, Vince Russo loves his pain color in my room. Yeah, yeah. right. He's you put missed, it over. You missed the NASCAR picture. That's right there. That's Mark over Martin. my shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah you, yeah, you think I don't know about NASCAR, do you? I don't know you know about NASCAR. Yeah. You're like you're like a low key redneck. You're listen, not... listen to me. NASCAR was good when 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 Mark Martin had the Valvoline six car. That was oh NASCAR. yeah, that was a good car. Er, Earnhardt, yeah, that was real NASCAR, baby. Yeah, that was so. When, Racing was rubbing, okay. Racing was rubbing. Rubbing is racing. And so, rubbing but you can racing. always keep an eye out for us. We'll send up the flare a little bit ahead of time so that you can see when we're going to be live. So you can pop mm-hmm. in and watch us for a little bit and see what you're doing. Uh, and if not, you know, whatever. You can still listen to our docile tones yeah. on the Hami Media Group uh, podcast uh, channel of your choice of whatever podcast catcher you use. You look at Hami Media Group, and I think we're one of the few shows keeping that channel. Up and running. So, yeah, we are. Yeah, we're. Yeah, running. come to the academy and get you know let learned in Star Trek lore. Um, so yeah, I mean, come check it out. It's a lot of fun. We have a good time here. You can always uh, hit us up on the show if you want to be involved. If we're live, you can comment on the Facebook page, and it pops up here on Streamyard, and we can see it and we can interact. But if you are a little shy, you don't want to be live. You can always email us uh, at. Uh, uh, on Yahoo at the Academy HMG at yahoo.com, or you can message us or tweet at us on Twitter at the Academy HMG, or on Facebook, you just type in at Academy HMG and find us that way. And we make it super simple for you. You can go to that mm-hmm. page, you can message us and post stuff there as well. It's a lot of fun. We have a good time. We post really funny memes and we take them from other places and then just post them on our page. There's, um, there's a there's a lot taken from Star Trek ship posting. Yeah, that group is amazing. It's, it's there's a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. Um, so go check that out. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to find us on any of those other platforms, you know where to find both me and myself, and and I gave you where you can find me. Uh, but if you do want mental health help, you can always reach me, John at freedomhousepc.org. 
We're not going to be talking Trek or wrestling or anything other than that. We'll be talking mental health, how you can help, or if you just need someone to listen and talk to, and maybe we can set something up to where we do a video conference or whatever. I'm not a licensed therapist, but I will listen and maybe figure out how to get you some resources and direct you to the places that you need to start mm-hmm. your healing journey. And we'd love to do that because we want you here. You're important and you're a part of something really, really great, which is life. And so please come join us, be a part of what we're doing and be a part of this thing called life as we do it together. Um, uh, I think that's everything I got, Triple D. What about you? Yeah. Anything you got? Uh, me, simple. Just follow me on Instagram. <laughs> You're not simple. Yeah, just follow me on Instagram, Demetrius9778, because I got more followers and the people I follow, so it makes me kind of a big deal on Instagram, <laughs> even though I hardly post anything on Instagram. You're a big deal. I probably should start posting more on Instagram. Yeah. I, I, I will once I get out of this, once I get – home confinement i'll be probably posting i'll probably post a lot of golf content because i like golf so posting pictures of some of my swings and some of my rounds we'll see um so follow me there dipping donuts obviously if you're in central new york come visit us two locations in rome one location mm-hmm. in hartford um if you're in town if you can catch an immortal championship wrestling show go to immortal championship wrestling on facebook really good stuff i mean ben hameen kale sparks <laughs> i don't know what's gonna happen on April 29th, but we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe we got something big planned. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but also, too, to the guys out there, you know, don't get butthurt over Caleb blocking you. You know, she <laughs> just blocked everybody because the trolls were getting – because, you know, she's dealt with a lot of shit in her life. And, you know, really she has. Mm. And um, she just – and, you know – it was kind of she was kind of going for a big tryout, and she didn't need that type of distraction going on. And it wasn't because of, I mean, it was because mm. it was because of the trolls. So that's the reason mm. why. So guys in the Hami Media Group, guys that are say, "Well, I don't know if I'm a positive," and she blocked me. Don't worry, you know, it's she just nothing personal. So <clears throat> you know, she's she's good. She's okay in my book as far as mm. I'm concerned. So. Yeah, but uh, so, and on that, and on that note, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna say sayonara to everybody, or, say, say we, or in Greek we say ideal to everybody here in in the academy. We'll be back here next week where we'll discuss. Hopefully, we'll we'll discuss uh, episode six. If we don't, then we'll be discuss. We'll do another. No, we'll twofer. discuss episode six. Yeah. Huh? I said, surely we'll we'll have something where we can. Oh, we'll surely have something for episode six. But yeah, if 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 we can't get to it before episode six airs, then uh, before episode seven airs, then we'll do another two for like how, how we did this time. Yeah, it really doesn't not? matter. So, but uh, but but we'll be back next week though with more Academy, more Star Trek, and more BS from both me and John. <laughs> yep. So to everyone out there, everyone live long and prosper. We all love you. Good night. Good good afternoon. Good morning. Wherever you. Are.